everybody, and welcome to episode 469, nice, of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Adam Foot Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash lasertime. Who's joining me now? Functionally illiterate Chris Antista. And this is Miyamoto. This is Matthew Allen. <laughs> and for the first time ever, special guest... That's right. I'm the happiest mailman in Michigan, Ryan Herrick. Ryan, it's it's so great to meet you. Where might people know you from? Well, I do play a little bit of music here and there, which you can find on Spotify. I was in a band called Lights at Sea and also Glassfield. But uh, currently, I am the host of Conspiracy Therapy on the Beer City Media Network. Fantastic name, by the way. I just want to say that. Thank you. And, Thank you. And you do it with uh, Josh Shoup, who's, I believe, been a guest on here before. Yes, he has. Yeah. He was. He is my cousin, actually. Oh, wow. What? Oh, Nepotism. Nice. What's going on up there in Michigan? Wait a minute. People are uh, cousins starting podcasts with each other. It's get, it gets cold, you know. You grab yeah. a microphone and mm-hmm. a tall drink and make it happen. <laughs> nice. So. And where can people find Conspiracy Therapy? Just on podcast app of choice? Honestly, we're on everything. We we have a Patreon, too, Beer City Media Podcasts, or you can check us out on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Podspear, whatever <laughs> device in whatever country you're in. So Sweet. Nice. Nice. It's going to be a fun show this week. We're doing a top five Based on something that I feel like everyone else has done, it's almost a basic concept, but somehow we've never done it. And I I was sure we had, but no, we have never done top five games based on novels. Like this book. Books burn on movies based on books, not inspired by books, but based directly on books. Right. Yeah. Like Yeah, there there was there was kind of more than I thought. Yeah. But but Games don't play that up as not, these days. Games don't play that up as much as they might have used to in the '90s. It's way sexier to be based on a recognizable TV or movie property. Yeah, the the one example I can think of where it happened, we talked. I don't think it's on our list, Michael. You can stop me if it is. It it was like a money grab, like the Lord of the Rings. They, mm. There was like a movie ba- or a book based game that yes. came out shortly before EA's really good movie-based games came out and because i know that because vivendi released the, the, the one based yeah. on the book and it was like they had done the deal with the uh the, the tolkien estate which was like that's sometimes you get these weird things of like oh well certain people own the novelizations and other people own the rights to the movie and then yeah you, you can end up with both and that's that's <laughs> one of those you can end on up with one? this yeah, I might have. You can end up with this good times of Lord of the Rings game. Yeah. <laughs> Deep reference that, for 90s kids. That was such a bizarre thing. Cause they, I remember they, they did the Hobbit game, and then they did, like, yeah, Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. It's like, ah, this is why EA can't make one, because we did it first. And, like, I remember I got, I got a call, actually... Uh, while I was like doing reviews for my newspaper from like a PR person representing it. And he kept saying like, this isn't based on the movie. We went back to the original texts. 
and he kept saying original texts as though it's like the Dead Sea Scrolls or something. It's not the Dead Sea Scrolls, it's, yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's at, at this point, uh, like a 70-something-year-old novel. Come on, man. That, Actually, the there's, a, there's a good Lord of the Rings game, a really good one that's based on the books, that yeah. MMO that ran for years well, and years. There's, oh, that's there's, what I was really thinking. There's a couple that were made in like the 80s and 90s that uh, mm-hmm. have terrible sound, so we won't talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, now, I know I know we you had a you have the top five and all that, but mm-hmm. is there any books you think would actually make for a good game? Oh man, that's a that's a killer question of the week. So should we save that one for the question uh, of the week? That's really oh. good. Yeah, I yeah, actually, it. let's do that. That's better than the video game novelization question. Ready Player Two. Well, I I'd mentioned to Michael the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, free-to-play simulation game or whatever. I I, I don't know. I'm sure there's a casino version of it somewhere. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. (laughs) I will bet money that there exists a Fifty Shades of Grey slot machine that you could see somewhere in a Vegas casino. (laughs) Insert quarter to spit in mouth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's about as PG as I could have made that. Mm -hmm. I I know. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. Especially with an episode with 69. Look how good I'm behaving. Yeah. Yeah, you're positively restrained. What the hell? I Top five best 69s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mass Effect 2. The Ying Yang and TNC Surf Designs logo. <laughs> Subtle 69. You see it everywhere. You're so used to it. Top five video games based on t-shirt mascots. There you go. <laughs> there was a Fido Dido game, right? Does that count? Fido Dido? Yeah. There had to have been a big Johnson mod for like a Leader Suit oh, Larry game, God. right? Liquor in the front, poker in the back. <laughs> big Johnson. Yeah, for all this talk so- about like, oh, we need to keep pornography out of schools. Like, I was in grade school, and like, <laughs> the popular thing in the 80s was to wear big Johnson t shirts. They were disgusting, I- they were on 10 year olds. And Budweiser yeah, you know, logos. That was the other thing. Mm-hmm. I also, you know, speaking of sixty nine, I, I, I'm <laughs> of the, I'm of the mindset there needs to be more sex in movies nowadays. Yeah. Like, sure. it yeah. feels so, it feels so neutered. Like if, if the Avengers were just sixty nineing occasionally, yeah. I'd perk up. Yeah. I, I've always advocated that like. Netflix can do whatever it wants, yet it still desperately wants to be mainstream, so it adheres to, like, MPAA rules it doesn't need to follow in any way. It does. Right? It follows, like, the blockbuster rules, yeah, yeah, right? It, it's, it's, like, tamer than HBO, and and I think people finally hit me to the guy who made one of my favorite movies, Assassination of Jesse James with a Coward, Robert Ford, uh, is making a Marilyn Monroe biopic that just got hit with an NC-17 rating. He's like, yeah, this movie's going to... F- People aren't going to like this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good. Good on you, Netflix. Finally doing something with this that. Movie uh, fucks. This movie fucks. <laughs> yeah, I think HBO ruined it for everyone. It's just like with Game of Thrones, like there is so much floppy soft dick in this. We don't ever want to see this again. Well, it, it, but it also, it really tapered off after, I, I know, I mean, it was, it was a little overkill in the first couple seasons, but I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, that's true. Like, that first episode had, like, a lesbian sex scene playing over exposition dialogue so that you don't get bored. That's authentic (laughs) to the books, by the way. I I think frame for frame, the Righteous Gemstones has the most peen in any TV series ever on TV. HBO has one highlight. I think the show was called Love. Yeah. And it was super boring, and my, my girlfriend at the time loved it, and I hated it. But America's still so prudish. Yeah. Once you so show like insertion or a hard cock, boom, you're in American porn territory. So 
I love that it's Adam Scott from Parks and Rec. Yeah. His wife jerks him off to completion, and they had to build a prosthetic penis that fired on command <laughs> in order to put that on, on television and not be porn. So, like, it, it's a real scene. It's very, it's, it's something you've never seen before a face you recognize and a guy coming all over himself. I mean, I, it, you say that, and I, I was, I'm trying to rack my brain and think of any shows that are actually provocative anymore. And the only thing I can think of is a cartoon would be Big Mouth. Like that's Big the Mouth only thing I, I actually see any sort of like stuff. But it's supposed to be kids, so it feels dirty yeah. as fuck yeah. to even say that. Yeah, but they're kids who act and talk like adult middle-aged comedians. I, True. I'm sure I'm missing out on whatever's happening on Euphoria, but I'm, I'm frankly scared. I'll go on a watch list if I try and catch up with that show right now. Yeah, having a teenage daughter, I have no interest in watching that. So, oh goodness, sorry. Don't no, ask it's her about okay. the rainbow parties. I don't know if that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. I just want. I I googled Big Johnson, and if you're younger than us, then you should too, because this was a <laughs> dirty T-shirt craze. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not saying this person's in the wrong and I'm in the right, but one of the most traumatic things, I my parents wouldn't let me get one, so I had to like buy one off a guy on the bus. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I wore it to school, and they'd already they already, already like cracked down on them and made them like against the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jesus. So I just remember I was wearing one, was like so proud. God, this joke is so fucking funny. I can't wait for everyone to see it. And the science teacher in an, in an assembly marched over. You. Down here, get it off right now! Like <laughs> in front of the whole school, I have back knee, and I, I had to take off my Big Johnson T-shirt in front of an assembly and turn it inside out. Oh, oh, it was oh awful. that sucks. Awful. I do. I, I have a memory. Speaking of of, of uh, extreme shirts, uh, I had a friend actually in in high school who. We had to do because at the time we had you know Columbine and everything, so people were calling in bomb threats literally weekly. One of the times we had to muster outside, uh, one of my friends s- snuck off very casually, and we had a sign outside with like you know the letters like you would do for like a fast food restaurant that you would put on there to yeah. say like when the oh, assemblies yeah, yeah. are and blah, blah blah blah. He switched the sign from God's team and switched the T and the M on team. So it said God's meat, oh. and I, that was a that was a victory moment it's, for, for I, us. Sam, I don't want to throw him under the bus because he's not here. But Sam did that one time to a steak place that just changed. Very simple. Now serving black anus and penis, like it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I mean, what what turned into penis? I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, I think we had to take some letters down, but like it's still like. In my memory, one of the funniest things I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> yeah, I st- that that guy that did that, I still I still congratulate him twenty years later. So, holy shit, Big Johnson is a modern website and a four twenty sales. See, see if they still oh. sell those those shirts with like the skeletons like in a bunch of different sex positions and sixty nineing because that was like the other most popular <laughs> thing when I was a kid. Um, so. Now that we're, we're we've talked about the sixty nine, we can get into. We, we've scared off to people who actually yes. read books. Yeah. Anyone who actually reads books has stopped listening. Yeah. At this, this well, point. come back because we're going to talk <laughs> about books right after this. 
everybody, it's me, the raccoon that used to live under Chris's porch and that now works on a contract basis as needed for promotional purposes. So, uh, you really still listening to this now? They, they talk about books and you're, you're still here? That's that's amazing. I mean, come on, what do you think they're going to talk about? The works of Shakespeare? Oh, think of all the great Hemingway adaptations that rose from the printed page to become orgies of on-screen violence. Yeah, I, I bet that'll make for a really compelling MMORPG, FPS, POV, OMG, BBQ. I'm sure it'll be just great. Hey, you know what else is just great? Your support for this show. First off, if you like the show, you can tell a friend about it. Just go up and say, hey friend, you like video game, yes? Listen to show about video game, am not spy. Ultimately, you can leave us a five-star or above review on the podcast app of your choice. Finally, if you want to support us monetarily, you can go to patreon.com slash lasertime where you'll get access to a whole galaxy of bonus shows, including spoiler casts about Elden Ring and 302010 games that update sporadically but talks about games from 10, 20, and 30 years ago. That's been my time. Enjoy the rest of the show, I guess. And welcome back to our top five, where we're going to talk about what? Books. Check them out. Yeah, books. books. Our favorite video games out. are books. Did you guys not yes, have that commercial? Driving Ranger. Did you guys not have that library commercial growing up? It was yeah, a rack. I, I knew exactly what that was. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I th- I feel like all of us had the the reading program, right? E- yeah, uh, you yeah, know, read a b- read your Goosebumps book, get a yeah. free pan pizza or book whatever. It, yeah. Oh yeah. They made yeah. us fat, man. Yeah. <laughs> Turned us into lifelong Pizza Hut slaves. Yeah. <laughs> or or gave us Captain OG Read More Fetishes. Yeah. That can't shake to this day. <laughs> that too. Uh, anyway, let's begin with... Number five. Hate. Let me tell you how much I've come to hate you since I began to live. There are 387.44 million miles of printed circuits in wafer-thin layers that fill my complex. If the word hate was engraved on each nanoangstrom of those hundreds of millions of miles, it would not equal one one billionth of the hate I feel for humans at this micro instant. Sorry, I'm looking up nanoangstrom right now. Uh, <laughs> what game is this? Any guesses? Is it? Is this? Does it start with an I? It does. Uh, this is. It's one of my favorite game titles, right up there with Choplifter. I have no mouth and I must scream. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. and- this this is a weird one. It's a point and click adventure game made in the nineties based on a story by Harlan Ellison, who is a famous sci fi author, did a bunch of work on Star Trek, among other things. And I didn't realize he worked on this quite a bit, because I remember like seeing, you know, ten, twelve years ago or so, like looking at his website and he was selling copies of this in like 2010 or something on his the website. Game? Yeah, of the game. Wow. Like he must have like a ton of these stacked in his garage or something. He's offering to sign them and stuff. And uh, I didn't realize he he worked he uh, a lot on this. That was his voice we were just hearing. He's the yes, that's right. Allied Master Computer M. This is a story about the the after World War 3, the world is destroyed in a nuclear war and this supercomputer who's deliberately wiped out the human race is keeping alive five of the last humans in order to just torture them relentlessly and is artificially keeping them alive for like 109 years and continually like forcing them into these horrific simulations. And the, the game kind of gives them a bit more agency than they maybe have in the book that uh, you're, you're putting control of them and you're kind of forced to confront your pasts and the things that are wrong with you as characters, and this goes to some incredibly dark places. You know me? I thought I did. Until you had me arrested for refusing to condone your experiments. Experiments? 
I know nothing of experiments. Your sense of humor is as sick as your methods, Doctor. How can you act so innocent after having maimed or killed hundreds in the name of science? I should mention the uh, person acting innocent is one of the five playable characters, Nimdok. Nimdok. And this memory is based in Auschwitz. He is a ah. Nazi doctor, as you learn over the course of his... his uh, they, yeah, they, I they sounded like Hans and Franz to me, i got to be yeah. honest. I was waiting had for them a, to oh, pump yes. me up. <laughs> had a bit of a Mengele vibe yes. to it. He's a personal friend of Mengele, you find out. It's, uh, oh. Yeah. And, and I'll bet every time he takes off his belt, he causes a flabberland. <laughs> <laughs> he likes his Sorry. 69 Scheiser. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Are you even done if Scheiser isn't involved? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, this I can't think of every time someone posts an article about this game, I will read about it because I'm not fucking playing it. It looks mm. like the bleakest thing on the planet. <laughs> like, when does this get fun or like illuminating or do I feel any sense of accomplishment? Because mostly you are being tortured throughout all this. Yeah, but it's it's also <laughs> like you can try to rebel against these characters natures like you know one of them has been like turned into an ape man and he's being tortured because he never cared about anyone but himself he always acted selfishly and like no you're starving and uh you can work to feed yourself and save yourself or you can try to save this child who's being treated differently and who is also starving uh you know convince the people who died under your command that you can act selflessly and maybe they will, will let you go uh, so th there's a, a bit of a silver lining because it's a game that I don't think is present in the story at all. And I, obviously, that's, I think we're stretching. This is a short story. We're stretching the definition of novel here. But uh, that, that's what I do like. Like when the original creator's involved, he's more letting you play in the universe of that novel he wrote. It reminds me a bit. Now, this is a bad game, so it doesn't make our list. Uh, Douglas Adams was involved with the making of the Hitchhiker's Guide yes. to the Galaxy games, from which back is in the wonderful. Apple days. No sounds, however. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't like it at the time as a kid. It was a super confusing game. But yeah, it's just an early text kind of adventure game yeah. with some very rudimentary graphics but it's like it expanded it on it was just on, an infocom game all text was, yeah oh it was all it was all text okay i, I remember playing it on apple 2e and it was yeah it was walls of text and i'm just like uh yeah it, it was cool in that it expanded on what the book was doing you were just playing in this universe of the book and, and kind of you know but he was officially involved so you it felt like canon. It felt like, yeah, the, the author is cool with me playing around in his world like this. I, I, I remember like getting the Douglas Adams' third book in the Hitchhiker series, and I'm just like, whoa, I get it. This isn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, being that it was a short story that was made into a game, I was just thinking, do you guys have any favorite short stories that they made into anything as far as like movies or anything? Because I can say I, it right now, my number one is Total Recall. Oh, yeah, oh, totally sure, cool. yeah, um, sure, yeah. We can remember There's a lot of Stephen King wholesale. stuff. Yes. A lot of Stephen King short stories were made into good movies, mm -hmm. or parts of Stephen King books that yeah. they just made Shawsh that particular part yeah. into a movie. Graveyard Shawshank Shift Redemption. was a fun one. Shawshank Redemption is uh, Stand By Me, great novella. Shit, I had one and I just lost it. Damn! Hmm. Damn, damn, damn. Well, you um, mentioned Shawshank Redemption. Wasn't The Green Mile also a short story? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, I think most good Stephen King things are. No, I'm, I'm a kid Stephen King. 
I, um, I think he's a great author. He yeah, just doesn't know how to end his stories. Mm. Right. And sometimes the dialogue is just terrible. You don't like I kid don't orgies? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like well, you remember too when many he was shit. quoted as saying like he he was terrified when word processors became a thing because like with typewriters he could stop because there was an end of a page, but computers the pages just always kept going. And mm-hmm. he has proven that out over his career. Like, yeah. yes, I will keep writing. Mm-hmm. I, I, if you listen to thirty twenty ten, I we talked about like a forgotten Ethan Hawke Gary Sinise movie called A Midnight Clear. Mm. It's it was I I'd never heard of it. It was made 30 years ago and I think it was based on a short story and I thought it was amazing. Really? Just, it, yeah, a group of they just happen to be have tested the highest on the intelligence scale and they go on this stupid impossible mission to secure this abandoned mansion. And they keep seeing all these cryptic things like bodies frozen together, hugging uh, Nazis, dead Nazis and American soldiers. And then the Nazis mm. show up outside the house and just start like a, woo, just hello, and just start taunting them. And then it, sounds... it turns out later on, like, the, like is the war over? Uh, we don't want to do this at all. And it, it takes all these crazy twists and turns. But the first half hour of the movie is like no gun fired. Nazis torturing Americans psychologically. Um, uh, even though once once they're called Nazis, they're like, we are not Nazis. I mean, the army. Just call uh, us white nationalists. Yes, uh, it, It's more complicated. I, I loved it. I'd never heard of it, but a midnight clear, I thought it was awesome. That's solid. I'll check it out. Free on Tubi. So, so let me ask so you about good. this game, Michael. Is there a win condition to this there game? There is. There are, there are good endings. There are actually two other supercomputers run by, the you know, were formerly run by the Soviet Union and China, which are still oh. online out there. So I was going to say Disney. Disney would be one yeah, supercomputer. And, then and, you know, they're looking to disrupt Am. So there there is a way out that was not present in the book. However, there are also a bunch of bad endings and you can hear all the characters at some point say something along these lines. Am altered my body one last time, worse than he ever had before. I am a great soft jelly thing, smoothly rounded with pulsing white holes filled by fog where my eyes used to be. Rubbery appendages that were once my arms, bolts rounding down into legless humps of soft, slippery matter. Blotches of diseased, evil gray come and go on my surface, as though light is beamed from within. I have no mouth, and I must scream! Everybody drink! That is how the the actual short story ended. Like, one of them manages to kill the other four survivors, and, you know, in, in doing so, release them. And Am is so furious that, like, I can't allow this to happen ever again. I'm going to keep this last survivor and torture them, and I'm going to turn them into some sort of jelly monster so they can't move. It kind of reminds me of the Russian sleep experiment, which is a oh. uh, episode we did on conspiracy therapy, but it's it's they put a bunch of people in the dark just to test to see like how long they could stay awake and if, how crazy they would go. It's mm-hmm. been proven to be false, but it's yeah. the same thing where it, basically at the end the guy's talking and he's like, a deep, he's become a demon or something like that. It has the Ooh. same descriptive kind of tone, but I, I don't know. Were we supposed to Pee Wee Herman out when he said the name of the actual story there? <laughs> Not necessarily. No, <laughs> no you got a drink. It's a titular line. Yeah, oh, right. right. Yeah, yeah. he says the title. He wins the prize. Exactly. Yeah, it's it, true. It, it, this is truly a Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> 
the famous screenshot from this game, I think, is one of the bad endings where you just you kind of see what he's supposed to be describing yeah. there, but it, it looks like whatever Ursula would turn poor unfortunate souls into yeah, yeah. Yeah. some sort With of no weird, mouth. weird sea sponge thing. Yeah. That's when I no knew. legs just grip to the floor and <laughs> this was gonna these... be the best Salo ever. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Sorry. All, uh, the, all these that... screenshots are horrific and bleak and mm. um Available now on GOG and I yeah, think and iOS. Steam. And, yeah, you can, you can still get this game. So Extremely like, playable. I, I, th- <laughs> I think anybody who played this, how could you forget this? How could you forget this game? It's so strange. Torturing your own sexuality and Nazi past, it's mm. absolutely batshit nuts. Yeah, trigger warning. There is like a, an allusion to sexual assault where like Am confronts like the only woman with like this... Uh, the, this guy who assaulted her in an elevator and like all she remembers is that he's like wearing this fake workman's uniform so it's just like a workman uniform with like shadow where the you know hands and face would be and it's oh, creepy God. as hell but you can just walk up and punch it and it dies <laughs> so silver linings <laughs> I have no mouth and I must scream we will be referencing this throughout the podcast clearly move yeah. forward. It, it, it's mm. the gift that keeps on giving speaking of let's move along to Number four. Driver, how far do we stop? Almost there. I'll drop you at the town square of Innsmouth. Why lock the gates? Capes out wanderers looking for work. We don't want those folks like that interfering with our affairs. Is the bus from Arkham always this empty? Aye, and we prefer it that way. Not many come to Innsmouth. But what about trade? Surely the port needs business. Innsmouth has the means to look after a home. Uh, another short story. Rambo. Yes. Well, <laughs> it sort of turns into that, if I'm being honest. Uh, this is... First blood. Yeah. Cool. Dark Corners of the Earth. Parts of it are a fairly faithful adaptation of the story The Shadow Over Innsmouth by H.P. Lovecraft, mm-hmm. where a like the narrator goes to this little seaside town in New England called Innsmouth, it's like a mostly deserted fishing village and, you know, sees that there's something strange about the townsfolk. They have kind of a fishy look to them and stays at this local inn called the Gilman House. And uh, that is something that happens in this game. You stay at the Gilman House, you get a room from Gilman and you go and you have terrible nightmares. And all of a sudden you're awoken by this. It's locked. Probably bolted on the other side. He's awake in there. I can hear him moving about. Break the door down, you damn fool. I see him head Check the door. This game, it plays a bit fast and loose with the original lore. You're not just some random Lovecraftian anti-hero who's... By anti-hero, I mean like someone who's very much not a man of action some delicate antiquarian who uh, runs and faints at things uh this year a private investigator who has like you you had some sort of bizarre encounter years earlier with these lovecraftian aliens who may or may not have disassembled you and taken you to another planet and uh given you some some sort of ability to resist all the you know nefarious goings on in innsmouth but there is this scene where you're you're woken up and you have to like escape your hotel room 
slamming and latching doors behind you while these these uh, people with like hatchets are like right on your heels and you have to like you know move a wardrobe open a door and this this just really stuck with me for years and then like when I finally read the shadow over Innsmouth I realized like this was lifted wholesale from this story like oh, like wow. beat for beat and it's 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 one of uh, his his better horror scenes. Talk about stuff in, uh, adapted from short stories. That's that's the thing about Lovecraft is most of the works that we cite are they were short stories published in like sci-fi and horror magazines, mm-hmm. right? Like they weren't like you know or compilations like horror compilations and you know very rarely is anything lovecraftian just directly adapted like there's always just elements that people borrow and put in things you know and sometimes they're wholesale but other times it's just like like we were talking about when we were were talking about this list we're like should we do stuff inspired by Mm -hmm. books because that opens especially with lovecraft that opens the floodgates to all sorts of games because there's there's tons of lovecraftian elements in games but very rarely do you have direct adaptations, and then, and I think part of that is because they're mostly short stories. That would not yeah. be a very long game. Yeah, they're mostly <laughs> short stories. And here's here's a secret about Lovecraft: they're not very scary. Yeah. I mean, no. they're they're sort of meant to be, but it's like the effect is always more weird and unsettling than actually scary. Like Lovecraft yeah. was never that great at writing suspense. But true. I, I I I don't I don't consider myself an authority on literature. But when I was reading the most, I just, I didn't get Lovecraft. I read a lot of it and just like, yeah, like like you said, at least Edgar Allan Poe would throw in like a monkey or a ghost every <laughs> once in a while. And like, Well, and the- Poe is better at, at um, having, you kind of feel the dread. Yeah. Um, and, I, and not that Lovecraft doesn't incorporate that, because I, I had a short story collection i remember i used to read it because when i was in the service you'd stand a gate and you just get bored at night and mm-hmm. i would just read these stories and comparatively like the older i got the less kind of creepy it was because i could just tell you know and and i feel yeah. like lovecraft has kind of been semi semi canceled or whatever you call it as far they're, as they're, they're, they're fantastically racist just one too yeah. many yes. twist endings yes. that are just like and standing at the window was an italian <laughs> oh, Easy, I'm, man. I'm sorry i was looking for the princess oh, oh, he's a fucking cthulhu hey you, yeah, right you, you come into my house i stab you with my stiletto it's like that <laughs> level <laughs> Yeah, no, I he he was definitely, and it, that goes to what was it? Lovecraft County was the HBO mm-hmm. Max show yeah. that mm-hmm. was. Yeah, I don't know if anybody yeah. saw that. That I, was actually I watched the first good. two episodes. Yeah. Uh, I also like the book I don't it was think, based on. I don't think he because I, I uh, uh, English major here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I read a ton of it in college, and we heard about all his, you know, this and that, and like, I think it's still part of curriculums. Mm-hmm. I just I find it a little fascinating having being this old uh being a nerd 20 years ago like lovecraft was really a big part of that and now yeah the definition of what a nerd is involves a lot of other stuff none of it being lovecraft at all it's it's old school nerdy and that like i would say for a while 50 percent of all pc games were based on some lovecraftian horseshit oh yeah 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 does does seem like that call of cthulhu is a very popular brand yeah. And and yeah, like like you were saying Matt, there's lots of them that are inspired by it. I think this might be the closest that I've played to one that was directly based on a specific story. 
mm. as opposed to like we'll we'll draw from whatever. Yeah, Cthulhu's in this. Yeah, Dagon's in this. Why not? Uh, let's just bring the whole mythos in. And right. there's there's also there, there's board game versions of Lovecraft too, mm-hmm. like the, the Eldritch horror games. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. are any that yeah, big into yeah, those. Yeah, 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 those, yeah. I love those games. Those are fun. I, I like those until California passed the "Don't Say Dagon" law, and then you know we just had to get rid of it altogether. It's... What'd you say, Dagon? Oh, <laughs> a... Italian, Italian, ladies and gentlemen. Play on floor. Uh, I know he's a terrifying sea god. His name's Dago. Like you can't, you can't do that, Howard. No, fine, Dagon. <laughs> <laughs> it's nineteen thirty, but we have some standards. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, you know, I I don't think it like devalues his stories, but there's always that asterisk there. And then like you know, I, I remember thinking like I, I, when I'd read a few of his stories, that it was like, oh, so he makes like some islanders his villains or whatever. It's like, oh no, it's so much worse than that. Like it gets <laughs> deep mm-hmm. into descriptions of like, oh, the Negro was more ape than ma- holy shit, dude. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. That's too bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and it's it's crazy too because I'll be sitting there, even tonight. I I took my girls to a concert and there was a guy out singing. It was like a U.S. Navy concert band, and he was singing like a 1930s 40s song Uh-oh. with the band backing him. And my my oldest daughter looks at me and she's like, "This just wouldn't fly today." And I'm like, "I don't." Did you pick up something I didn't? And she's like, "Well, he's talking about genders, Dad." It doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, well, I don't know, babe. You know, they wrote these songs and they're performing them. I can't go up there and tell him to change his lyrics on the fly. <laughs> but you can. Yeah. <laughs> you, the next generation, yes. right. oh. can step up where we failed. Well, here's the good yeah. news. If you don't want to support uh, Lovecraft the person, hmm. most of his oh, works are now yeah. kind of out there in the public Good news, domain. he's dead. <laughs> No he's, money's he's dead, but he's dead. But no, I mean, not even his estate gets money for a lot of yeah. his stuff. It's all pub- a lot of it's public domain, and so you're not you're not supporting uh, mm-hmm. the estate of this person. I so. know, but whenever whenever we like, it's just because H.P. Lovecraft is still. Po- was he racist, or was he exactly like everyone else in the time he lived in? I mean, good I don't know. It could be yeah, <laughs> a bit know. of column A, column B. Like this was yeah. a time when, like you know, race science was an acceptable field of, of study, and like the, yeah. this. Yeah, and all the institutions had horrible names, too, mm-hmm. like, you know, the House of Looney Tunes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> sure. <laughs> something way worse than that, I'm sure. Right. But, oh, yeah. yeah. I, but, yeah, this is this is this game is on the original Xbox, so yeah. I had a chance mm-hmm. to play it and missed it. And it, well, it is, it is on Steam, I believe. That's yeah, it's very, really? very obtainable. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can, much like I have no mouth and I'm a scream, it is very obtainable. Uh, and, yeah, like... One thing that's interesting about it is that I I only played, I found out later, like, oh, you, you just got into the first half of it. Like, you didn't play the second half. And, like, the first half of it is, like, you know, this very methodical first-person adventure uh, where you're investigating and, like, slowly uncovering all these dark horrors. And then you get a gun, and guess what? It turns into a video game. Get the rifle, Jack. We're under attack. Jack. Help me guard the entrance. We gotta stop the ship. fair that's near the end of the game but you are shooting a lot in this after after that scene where you're you know chased through the town like 
Oh, yeah. got a gun now. Now it's going to be a more conventional shooter. It, he, he might as well have been calling for help from Soap McTavish, you know? Like, it's it sounded like a Call of Duty clip, <laughs> which is a shame because, like, to me, you guys talking about Lovecraft's not scary. The scariest part of his stories is, you can tell this is a man who is dealing with mental health issues, is is the people losing their sanity based oh, yeah. on the mm-hmm. stuff they're exposed to and they see. And I think Eternal Darkness, probably the game that took advantage of that the best, although the Blood Bloodborne also has some stuff like if you see Lovecraftian monsters, you will go insane. And that, to me, is the most effective part of his storytelling is, mm-hmm. yeah, you can imagine things so otherworldly, so awful... <laughs> That just seeing them drives you insane. That there's something inherently scary about that to me. Of like, yeah. yes, losing your sanity based on seeing these awful things. That's you know? my favorite Lovecraft edit from be- Stuart Gordon's From Beyond. Hilarious movie. I love. That's a great movie, but I want to also mention In the Mouth of Madness. Oh yeah, uh, I just saw John yeah, yeah, Carpenter's. Yeah. That's a fun one. Have you read Sutter Kane? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, like I found out. Um, so you know, I have this omnibus of his stories that is also like it, it, you know, spiked with biographical stuff. And I either his mother or his father was like institutionalized when he was very young. And it's like, that might be where his fascination with insanity came from. You know, all these, Mm. these things that damage your mental health (laughs) and well-being. Yeah. And and it's, it's kind of, it's, it's in there too with like Poe too, because mm. Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, he had a condition in his stomach where when he would drink, it would just make him basically completely foggy. Mm. And uh, there was there was some insanity there too. And plus, what he like married his younger his younger bride was like twelve or something oh, when they met. Oh, this guy just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> well, that's Poe. That's Poe. That's not Lovecraft. Oh, my bad. No, no yeah. Yeah, another asterisk, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, we should we should move along. This is really cool, though. Call of Cthulhu, Dark Corners of the Earth, but... Number three. The year is 1999. The Cold War has been over for more than a decade. And for the first time in a half century, the world is free from the specter of nuclear apocalypse. It should be a time of peace and prosperity. But all over the globe, the embers of old animosities have been fanned into flame by the winds of freedom. Terrorism in the 21st century is an international industry. Money and expertise flow freely through the global computer nets. Ah, yes. You know, the internets. We heard yeah. about those. It just sounds like Fox George News. W. Bush. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was, was going to say, it's, it's, isn't that the own network? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's OAN. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, the, what's the solution to all of this? It is, of course... What's needed is an organization with the resources and the authority to fight terrorism wherever it flourishes. It would be composed of oh. the best and brightest counterterrorism experts from every country and armed with state-of-the-art weapons and equipment. It would operate in absolute secrecy, its existence known only to the most senior government officials. It would attack swiftly and silently. Cutting off the head of the Viper before it had a chance to strike. This is Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six, oh, I was going to say. Which yeah, I it, always forget was based on a novel. Like, I, this is our first actual novel written by Tom Clancy. Not not ghost written by someone else with Tom Clancy's right. name on it, but yeah, actually written alive. by him. There's a few of those, yeah. yeah. And I found out, based on is a little tenuous because the game came out two weeks after the book was out. And here... I, who, full disclosure, have worked for Ubisoft for seven years, did not know that this is because Red Storm Entertainment, 
was founded by Tom Clancy. Yeah. You didn't know that? I didn't. Yeah. So yeah, he was bought, he bought by Ubisoft later. Intelligently and ahead of his time was creating a multimedia, literally a multimedia blitz for his stuff. Uh, yeah. Because his movies had been so successful. I still can't believe how smart it was. Because, like, yeah. I, I like every other Rainbow Six game okay, but, like, dude, that those fans are ravenous because of wow. how good everything was back in the day. Mm. Every every New Balance wearing stepdad in America <laughs> loves Tom Clancy. Oh yeah. That's the thing. He he was before the first game. We had all, you know, Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, like he had built a name for himself in movies and stuff outside of just novels. I, there had to have been Hunt for Red October games too. Yeah, there, right? there were. Yeah, yeah, yeah there yeah, They were terrible. Like, <laughs> yes, I remember. Yes, 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 but this was like, yeah, you know, what okay one of the first great clancy games shooter game of course makes sense but i love ubisoft pulled the fucking ballsiest baller move ever they didn't buy out the rights to just like this brand or other brands they bought out the rights to the name tom clancy Clancy. to stick on anything they fucking want dude and they've they have done that a few times like yeah Yeah, any any shooter where you're not hallucinating in a jungle is a tom Tom clancy (laughs) game from ubisoft yeah, I mean, they, more than just shooters, though. They've had, games. like, uh, you know, real-time strategy. They've had flight games, yeah. Hawks, right? Like, 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 pretty much they've made the brand just mean near-future warfare stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's all Clancy has to know, mean. Serious military simulation mixed with sci-fi is kind yeah. of the, the Clancy yeah. brand. But it's, it's <laughs> like, is it sci-fi? Because it's always meant to be, like, stuff that you suspect is actually being used by the military or, or like about to be deployed you know it's it's always near future stuff uh, tom, tom clancy coined the term uh, missile erotica that's what he he was writing <laughs> as a veteran i can tell you yeah. most of the guys i served with all we did was play halo so that was about <laughs> us okay yeah and I, I realized the irony of saying like yeah realistic it's like first off it's not arma uh, so yeah, <laughs> there's a yeah, vet yeah. in the room so you can gain <laughs> save it. yeah well i i, I think the original game was very much focused on being as authentic, at least as authentic as possible. It slowly yeah. got more accessible and and mainstream. And more, in more the beginning, video gaming, more fun. Yeah, more video game. Yeah, I, I think that's always been the trick of Clancy games, though, is they, to laymen like us, they feel quote unquote realistic. Like, oh, I'm breaching into this mm-hmm. room. Oh, I have to deploy the Alpha team and the Bravo team will be over here, and it's like. It's still done it in the most video gamey way possible, but it makes us feel like yeah. But, but it's still what... I, I can see why it's called a tactical shooter because mm-hmm. I am a yes, yep, run yep. forward, shoot, and then use your melee when you hit no one, die, repeat, <laughs> uh, kind of shooter player. And uh, uh, Clancy, at least even even some of the lighter fare, like we were playing Extraction. What was it? Extraction? Was like a squad based. Mm-hmm. What would you call that game? Well, that one is the oh, the one with aliens, right? Yeah, that's the that's the newest one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. even even that one has like tactics that don't exist in most other shooters. So it, but that it, that's the point I was going to make. Those in recent iterations, they've gotten a little away from the realism tactic. Like even in well, Siege, it's like this this dude has special powers. You yeah, know? Like, but, yeah, well, also yeah. like the the original game is so different from anything that came later, except for maybe yeah. Ghost Recon, because like mm-hmm. so much of that is focused on planning beforehand, and like you can have yeah. ready made plans and follow those, or you can make your own. Like you know, you have like three teams or four teams, and like I want this team over here, and we know that these guys are here, here, and here, so we're gonna go- come in from this window and. 
and this door, and it's going to sound exactly like this. Alpha, go. In position. Just very little action, but when there is action, it's just sudden and immediate. Yeah. Like that, that, to me, was the coolest part of those early games is, you know, in other games, like they'll have map combat noise, like, oh, there's fighting off in the distance, right? But you, you can tell it's just like faked, it's background noise. In these games, you could tell your teams and you could like time it, like, okay, go here and then do this or whatever. When you hit that, okay, alpha team, go. If you're across the map, you will hear in the distance the shots. Like, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that that happened because I told them to do that. Like, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And that's on Game Pass, right? The newest one, I think. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Extraction. extraction is on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We all had a blast with it. Invite two friends. It's a lot of fun. In fact, mm-hmm. Siege is featured in one of our news items this week. A little, little oh, hit. really? Oh. What, what, what? Anyway, I, I think this might have been the last one. I remember like there was a Splinter Cell novel, but it's like, you know, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell written by so-and-so. So, mm-hmm. someone There's else. a lot of co-writers like, who like picked up his notes and finished a book. Like that happened a lot. Yeah. He, he's only been dead about, what is it, less than 10 years or more than 10 years? I think it's just Nobody over 10 years at this okay. point, isn't it? Yeah. I just like when we when we were covering Tom Clancy games, he was still around, hmm. and he's but not he, canceled, right? No, I, I mean, strangely, he's, no. He's a right wing Reagan dude, but that's fine. Strange. Jack Jack Ryan walks up to the White House in ruins, and there was a black man <laughs> <laughs> at the window, and his Italian friend segregate all the schools. Yeah. <laughs> but he p- couldn't prove he was born here. He couldn't even produce a birth certificate. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about Clancy the Man, so I almost feel bad saying this, but uh, it's almost impossible we would have got along. <laughs> Maybe. You might have some interesting stories to tell, man. Probably. Put them That's in books. True. Yeah. Probably. That's true. Uh, anyway, let's move along to... Number two. I was born in Moscow, but I remember nothing of that time. I was just an infant when the old world was destroyed in the flames of nuclear fire. I, along with 40,000 others, were saved by retreating to the metro stations deep under the city. Where we were tortured for 109 years by a Reading or sleeping in the metro. The metro series. Using bullets as currency. This is... Like I remember when I first heard about Metro 2033 and its sequels, and it's like, this sounds like the bleakest shit imaginable, and it mm-hmm. is not. These games are wonderful, they are filled mm-hmm. with memorable characters and events, and uh, I recommend them strongly to everybody. So do yeah, I. Yeah, I would I, too. Yeah. I, was, I was playing one of them semi-recently, maybe it was Exodus, but it's a very polished game, but it also is like a very, I don't want to say old school, but like a first-person single-player adventure that doesn't happen that much. It doesn't feel like it happens as much as, as, much as it used to 10 years ago. It's the, it a, kinda, a super story-focused, single-player, vast adventure. It Yeah, it, it's kind of one of those series, too, that it, it really... I don't know if, it, if people would say it's under the radar, but it gave me kind of a Bioshock vibe yeah, as like far that, as the like series. Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Also, I like sound like a, a fool for comparing it to Bioshock, but that's how it felt to me. Like a yeah, a, oh yeah, an yeah. intimate single player story. And man, I I play like almost every one of those Call of Duty single player games, and they just get more and more ridiculous and difficult to follow. And I when I played Exodus, I'm like, oh oh, this is like a, a this is almost nostalgic at this point. Um, not inundating me with a bunch of uh, horse shit and multiplayer options and unlocks. Just a simple story-based good shooter, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it feels like, I I don't know if those are necessarily going away or they're few and far between, but it's nice to just kind of sit back and it's not it doesn't hammer you over the head with uh cut scenes it it does yeah. give you space to to explore the world but i remember playing the first one and just being enamored with it and and really loving the the visuals with the different character design and kind of the I, world being the underground kind of set piece and all that and i think that game might have suffered a bit cuz that was released right around the downfall of THQ who had spent mm. years promoting this game as their new AAA product Mm-hmm. but couldn't even survive to the next Metro game. And yeah, it, it, yeah but I think it, it fell under a lot of people's radar because I think we were a little shootered out, but it is still bizarre that like, man, you're making this 3D first-person shooter with guns and shit, and there's no multiplayer options? Cool! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go for it. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. Yeah. But yeah, like the the first game especially, uh, it has a lot of like really effective horror bits. Like you, the, this whole thing, it's like this journey through the Moscow Metro to find, I think, this this uh, mythical station somewhere that I can't remember exactly what it was. But uh, yeah, this bit where in, in the handcart where you're being chased by these mutants is uh, pretty memorable. Wake up, people! People, wake up! For Christ's sake! What is? What is? Wake up! What is? So, Metro 2033, uh, written by Dmitry Glukovsky, who, uh, Glukovsky, I guess, uh, who, I guess has been canceled because he's Russian. Uh, the games are (laughs) produced in Ukraine. Um, oh, so, wow. Yeah, this is uh, coming from a heart of a conflict zone right now. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I got to say, uh, man, uh, that's a that's a, it's a scary time right now, mm-hmm. folks. Yep. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. My heart goes out to Ukraine right now. I, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I feel that conflict. Isn't that like another upcoming game? Isn't the new Stalker game that the developers based yeah. in Ukraine? And I think it was, but it's moved to a moved. different one now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, who else did that? A bunch of other. Uh, oh, World of Tanks. World of Tanks oh, like picked up from Russia. Seriously, like picked up yeah. from Russia, and said, "Fuck this, we're out of here." Wow. Uh, but this, you can't really take the Russian out of this. Like it is very central yeah. to its identity. Set set in the Moscow Metro, and and I found out, like you know, just reading the Wikipedia page, that apparently Glukovsky had sold the rights to MGM at one point, but they wanted oh. to Americanize it and set it in Washington D.C. And he's like, this wouldn't work. You can't have communists in Washington, D.C. You can't have Nazis in Washington, D.C. And the, oh. the, the dark ones, the mutants the, with the psychic yeah. powers, those wouldn't work. And you can't have Fallout best. mutants in D.C., <laughs> Fallout <Yeah>. 3. <laughs> I think but part, part of the bleakness is that, uh, this is mean to say, probably, uh, 
that general hopelessness of alternate mm. Western reality that is Russia. It, like it, it, it is very central to their existence. It, it like it, it has to be there, and I, I think I, I'm sort of shocked that like somebody at THQ went. For, it's a five year old book by the time the first game comes out. Like why this book? Uh, yeah. I'd never heard of it before the games, and it, it's a huge series, by the way. Yeah, like, like almost too big. Something like ninety books, apparently, only three of which were written by the original author. Oh uh, wow! Which Man, which are it... Metro twenty thirty three, Metro twenty thirty four, and Metro guess what's the next twenty thirty four Redux? <laughs> Sorry. You said you said ninety books he wrote according to or Wikipedia. He, that he, not series. that he wrote that are in the Metro series. Apparently, some are official and some are unofficial. Yeah, there's a uh, bunch like of other languages and different territories. Mm-hmm. It's a very popular series abroad, even though I think I can speak for most Yanks. We only know it from the games. Yeah. Well, I, and like I think the, we even, mm-hmm. like, we missed the games the first time around because I feel like most people didn't mm-hmm. play 2033 until Redux, Redo. which was kind yeah. of that, that re-release. Yeah, and, and like, right. re- Redux or Redo, however you decide to pronounce it, does change a lot of things about the original game where, like, it takes a bunch of quality of life improvements from uh, Metro Last Light and uh, transports them over. At the same time, it kind of, like, loses a bit of its original look, which was very dark and shadowy and bleak and... Now, it's it's a bit more easy to see things, I guess, but... Uh, I mean, you do spend a lot of time in the fucking tunnels that just... Yeah. Oh, God, if, if that was any darker. But, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a really dark game, but it's also... Generally, it's on sale. Like, I remember oh, getting yeah. Redux for, like, I feel like 10 bucks. I got it free it, on Game Pass while PC gamers complained about one of the first big Epic Store exclusives. If you can even remember that controversy. Uh, Metro... Exodus going there. I'm I, I'm not incorrect, am I? I believe that's the no, case. No, I think it did debut yeah. on Epic. Yeah. So yeah, one of the first mm-hmm. games to do that. And and I always kind of wondered, it's like, oh, it was sort of odd that, so there is a, a good end and a bad end in oh. Metro 2033. The bad end is when you target these missiles and destroy the uh, the psychic super mutants uh, and, and realize maybe you did the bad thing. And two things are interesting about that. The first is that it is not obvious, like, how you're making this choice. It's, it's like certain things that you did that you maybe didn't even realize were choices earlier in the game can determine it. And uh, also, it ended that way canonically into the second game because that's how the book ended. That, you know, oh. RTM destroys these, these mutants and uh, then is just a little bit regretful at the end. I led my war protecting my family and friends, protecting my home, the Metro. We have won. But to this day, I wonder, when we burned the Dark Ones from the face of the Earth, was something lost as well? Yes, a bunch of Dark Ones. (laughs) H.P. Lovecraft, what's going on Mm -hmm. here? Yeah, Yeah, I I don't know of anything else in this list I'll recommend as wholeheartedly, but I feel like I've never paid full price for a Metro game, yet it's Mm. this oddly AAA series that keeps on moving. And by that, I mean we've heard nothing from in three years. Hmm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Exodus was kind of a big deal. I still need Felt to like play it. through that one. I didn't finish it, but yeah, yeah it's, it's the same breath of fresh air. Like, a, yeah, just no fucking microtransaction, horseshit, single player, complete game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was Beautiful. even on Game Pass, wasn't it? Or it might still yeah. be on Game Available Pass. Available now yeah. on Google Stadia. 
Okay, there you go. Oh, shit. I got to go. But yeah, it's fantastic and very taut. But when it comes to games based on novels that are widely praised, I don't think any of them is more popular than our. You know a bat can sniff out a moth a mile away. Small animals. Can't say I'm really interested. I know your trade. Spotted those yellow eyes amidst the rabble in the square right away. And as bats sense moths, so I sense freaks. And start by warning them, Novigrad's no place for your kind. Yeah, it's no place for Italians, got it? (laughs) (laughs) The Witcher! Witcher 3. I honestly can say, before I played Elden Ring, would have been my favorite game like number one RPG of all time. Wow. It's just a unbelievable game. Like I, I didn't know what I it's because of that I bought Cyberpunk and then was immediately disappointed, but still I adore that series. It's it's amazing. The books are great too. Yeah, have you read them? I started one of the audiobooks and then being a mailman I kept walking into things, so I had to kinda <laughs> focus. But it, yeah, no, they're they're excellent, and I, I don't know if you guys have seen the series either, but like the the, the TV series is also, it's fun. It's a, it's yeah, a fun it's show. It's really good. It's 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 this is so The Witcher is one of those strange things that like it's different every time it's adapted, um, and like so like the Geralt in stories in the books are not quite what you experience in the games, are not quite what you experience on the TV show, and so it's mm-hmm. like I wonder. If someone's yeah jumping into the world of The Witcher like with the TV show, what do they think of when they play the game, and you know what are they expecting versus what they get, and what are they, yeah. same thing with the books. With my understanding is the one thing that's shared amongst them all, similar to Metro, it is a bleak ass world. Like there is nothing shiny <laughs> and new in the world yeah, of The Witcher. Bleak, bleak medieval world where uh, yeah, it f- feels very true to history, sometimes depressingly. So even though there's there's cool monsters and shit. Uh, and shit, especially, I do mean shit. But uh, there's yeah. shit everywhere. Well, <laughs> well, especially if you're a, and we, I mean, speaking of books, if you're a George R. R. Martin fan, they mm. kind of it's if you're feeling a drought because you're like George, come on, man, write the book, and then he's like, no, I'm gonna work on Elden Ring. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'll just put on my conductor's hat and come up with something. <laughs> you know, he needs to finish that book. But anyways, did you see the 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 trick he pulled the other day? What's that? Like some some dark. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was like a cold wind, wintry wind is blowing, and we now have a date, June twelfth. That's right. That's when this other TV series I've been working on is going to debut, June twelfth. Like fuck you, George. Come on. Just say you don't want to do it, dude. Yeah. Just just say I'm not going to finish that yeah, book there's, series. There's and... no point. HBO yeah. did it for me. I yeah. don't care. Anymore. Yeah, oh, man. I mean. If he wasn't such a goddamn good writer, though, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Is yeah. the Storm yeah. of Swords is one of the best books I've ever read, and I mean, the guy he just nails it when he does it. So it's like you can't help but be like angry, but then also like I just I want your heart to keep beating so you can keep tip tap typing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, the Witcher series is is a good uh, m- yeah. meaning to say that you should read the books if you're you're waiting for that because it it is a good fantasy realistic realm. You know, descriptive. You you become enveloped in it. So just like the games, I'm probably gonna mess up the pr- pronunciation of his name, but Andre Sapkowski, I think. I'm I'm guessing that's how Andrzej is pronounced. Andre, 
but uh, I yeah, could be wrong. I, yes, your, your guess is as good as mine. But yes, but yeah, he he created The Witcher, and finding out he created it, created Geralt in a 1985 short story, just called The Witcher, which w- I'm reading from Wikipedia here, which was conceived as a retelling of a Polish fairy tale where a princess turned into a monster as punishment for the incest of her parents. And that is actually like a, a brief retelling of that is how the first game begins. An unusual contract to lift the curse that held a monarch's daughter. It was enough to spend the night with the princess. Dusk till dawn. If only she were not a deadly beast. Astriga, the traitor responsible for the curse, became the bait. The games are sequels to the stories. But they're they're made, right. I think, entirely without Sapkowski's involvement. He just kind of said, like, okay, CD Project Red, you have my blessing to do whatever you want with my characters. Right. Is that stories? Wasn't that minorly controversial? Because like the Netflix show is based on the games, and that dude like no, the Netflix really show his... is based on the. It's still based on the books. Yeah. So okay, it's, okay, yeah. It, but that, that the controversy was. So, yes, I think at one point he did say, "Yeah, go do what you want, CD Project Red," and then mm. it was like, "Well, I want." to get more money or oh, that's just, right. something yeah. had gotten in the way of yeah, like, he, says, he, he uh, was not happy with them for a while 16 game of the year editions maybe i should be getting a little little more <laughs> this thing i yes. created yes yeah yeah it's true which can you blame him he created it you know yeah. he, he no, no, thought I, of this universe i don't know like, i don't know if michael left it in it's just like that was one of the things i really wanted to talk about last week was that like we're looking at netflix now like the underdog if you've seen all that news mm-hmm. and all these other streaming services have started and the ones who are struggling the most are the quickest to adapt video game franchises. And when you see Netflix like pimp, here are our highlights. And they're like, Witcher, Witcher is in there. And I just was putting it out there. Like, I think games are going to shape the next, the next aspect of the streaming wars. Cause if you load up Paramount plus now, a fucking halo warthog drives around the logo as it loads. You have to see it. You have to see it. And then you see Sonic the Hedgehog. So when we're talking about movie news, like, yeah, I would I would get bet all of our video game nostalgia is about mm. to be mined like a motherfucker from everybody but Disney and HBO Max. Uh, nostalgia, well, maybe, I, but yeah, sorry, go mm. ahead, Ryan. Well, I was going to say, have have either of you guys tried the Amazon game service, the Luna thing, the controller you can get shipped no. in the mail? I, I haven't <laughs> no, tried it with the I'm controller. I, I tried it yeah. with just an Xbox tried, controller. Yeah, I tried it a couple of times. It's, it's a I, lot like Stadia. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I tried it too, and I was like, eh, I guess this is uh, paperweight now because hmm. I'm not going to want to load this up every single time. Yeah, the one I use is is the one I pay for already as part of Game Pass Ultimate. I was telling these guys when I was on vacation, I was playing Yakuza Like a Dragon on my phone in a hotel room as god intended via xbox cloud <laughs> streaming uh, which is very limited because you know it that's all depends on your wi-fi so i could only play the management mini game because that's that's not you know there's no uh action involved right it's just a menu driven type game or whatever but hey it worked and i loved it so I, i've always meant to try it out but i'm even at this point i'm not lazy enough as someone who works from home and doesn't leave their house for often days at a time, even I can head to the other room and load up a game <laughs> rather than stream it to my bedroom on fiber. Uh, yeah. God damn. But, I've, uh, but I've uh, done it. If you have a hard line, I've done it on a PC, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it totally works. There. I like it's a hard line. 
it's just uh, it, uh, I'm on fiber, but not everything is connected to that fiber. And I was so fucking burned by Comcast. This is just a minor gripe. The fiber people came over and like, yeah, you get a free router with a wireless router, mesh router uh, with your service. I'm like, I don't want anything else from you than what I'm paying for. I have my own <laughs> router. I'm like, I don't think your router is going to work for this. Like, I don't want it. He's like, it is free. I'm like, there's hidden costs. He's like, there are no hidden costs. Hmm. Are you sure you don't want this? I really recommend it. I'm like, take it away. And then now I'm in my bedroom getting like a 20, 20 megabits down. Like, a, ah, shit. What? Yeah, <laughs> what? maybe one of their mesh routers. Why yeah. didn't I get that yeah. mesh router? Yeah. But The Witcher, um, the Witcher. One, one thing I was going to say about The Witcher games and, and TV show and books, and one of the reasons I think it's so confusing when you drop in on them and confusing to tell, like, is this a sequel? What's going on? Even the books, he kind of wrote them out of order. They're not chronological. Like, he hops around quite a bit. And the the series, the TV series, that season one really fucks with you a little bit about, like, when is when are certain things happening in parallel with other things. I, I think that was, in, yeah. that, was, that was intentional in that case. But, like, and, and so the games themselves are probably the only Witcher thing that is told in order, you know, from one to two to three, it's like, yes, this is the chronology of this thing, but it's, uh, you're telling this story that does not play out in the books that way at all because of how he's chosen to tell those stories, you know? Did you guys, were you guys pretty big fans though, as far as that series is concerned? Like, did you play through like, cause I know there, the Witcher three had an expansion that was like 40 plus hours. I, yeah. So I, I was in love with the idea of the Witcher series. I bought one and two, uh, put like a matter of an hour or two into each and went oh this is overwhelming this is amazing i'm gonna come back and never did three i did that and then came back a year later and played through it when all the expansions were out and yeah that was probably before like uh well uh, many games have passed this mark but that was that was one of my longest played games of all time because how big mm. those expansions are and stuff like that like i think some assassin's creeds uh have have taken over that mark but it's like yeah multiple hundred of hours because the blood and wine expansion alone is basically an entire, you know, 40 plus yeah. hour experience. Yeah. yeah. I've, yeah. I've put chunks of time into all three games. The first game, I think I played for about 20 hours and was like, okay, I have to be getting close to the end of this. And then like, look, you know, it, it you, you know, that feeling that you get sometimes when you're close to finishing a game and it's like, all right, things are winding down. Yeah. The mm -hmm. end is in sight. Uh, and then I looked up, it's like, wait, okay, how much of this do I actually have left? And I found out like, Oh, this is just the end of chapter one. There's like yeah, dozens of hours sucks. left after this. I'm just like, yeah, you haven't you haven't even played as uh, the Witcher's Abbey yet. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> fuck this. I you know the only reason I'm playing this is because I I like the idea of exporting my save to Witcher Two. I'm just gonna start Witcher Two, and yeah, uh, yeah it turned out like yeah, most of that stuff is inconsequential anyway. And you know, Witcher Two is really fun. It got got past the point where like I made the big choice and went with uh, Roach instead of the Scoyatel and uh, oh. and uh, yeah then just kind of fell off it and then got into Witcher three and got past the Bloody Baron and into Novigrad again and, and I mean, which which is exactly like great. it was in the first game which is really cool and then uh, for whatever reason I think uh, yeah, I was playing like on ps4 and then it's just like xbox one x is out and it looks even better on that it's like oh i should play it on xbox one x like oh it doesn't actually look that much better oh but on <laughs> pc uh <laughs> so I, I basically just hop from platform to platform like playing through the first chunk of the game and never getting much farther than that yeah i i make fun but i've Every time Cyberpunk 2077 goes on sale on console, I, I look at it and I go, 
Should I restart that game on console? Because mm. I'm kind of locked into a 20-hour save on PC yeah, at the, this point. The PS5 and the Series X versions, I guess, optimized are finally out. And you can yes. get yeah. those by putting in the original disc. I, I did that recently. I They were like five bucks a piece on, at Best Buy. So I like yeah. bought both yeah. versions. Fuck it. I wanted to get one, and they were all sold out. Yeah. Now, I'll talk now, to you now I have like a huge map that came with the, the physical Ooh. edition that I didn't have before. I think in Witcher also has that phenomenon as someone, you know, I'm not saying I'm an expert in all games, but you know, Michael and I were covering games every day. It was mm. part of our beat. And the Witcher one was like a PC phenomenon only and oh, like yeah. lived in that <laughs> ecosystem. And then two was big enough to get, you know, a, a Xbox 360. I think Microsoft put its weight behind getting the Witcher to more people but nothing compares to three. The yeah. amount of people who loved and enjoyed three, and I, I just, you would be able to speak to it better than me, any of you, but like, I don't know that people could go back and play Witcher one and two very easily. One is very tough to play now. Like, just yeah, the yeah. mechanics feel very dated. Like, I, what I really wish they would do is, I wish they would do a one remake on console that just kind of takes away some of the PC-ness of that game and kind of just makes it a uh, action just RPG like, a like Doom 3. Legendary think, Edition trilogy, like uh, quality of life improvements across the board would be awesome. Yeah. I think someone did I, do a Witcher 3 mod that is like the Witcher 1 oh. content, so that is possible. But Oh, neat. Yeah. Neat. That's cool. I mean, the second one isn't too big of a drop-off, though, from what no. I remember, because I feel like I played it in, like, probably the last year, and I was like, damn, really? I mean, the Texture-wise, it looks pretty good, but the first yeah. one is like, oh, is this a GameCube game? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's very much like uh, high-res textures on low-poly models at times. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. you know, Michael, you were talking about like, hey, I, at the end of the day, a lot of these things were inconsequential, you know, between the games. But I think one of the one of the appealing things about the Witcher series is like even the side quest stuff. And one of the reasons that it takes us so long to play these is like other games like this the side quest stuff you could just tell like hey this is a fetch quest where they've written a few lines of dialogue over it like the side quests in the witcher games are some of the best stuff in terms of the stories they tell like that, and that, well, not mm. not only that but you have you had the card game gwent which was oh, actually yeah, yeah, like gwent too decently yes. fun <laughs> yes I, but yeah the, the the stuff that you're learning about that universe in those side stories uh even and, and with monster hunts there i'm including but you know a lot of those side stories don't don't even involve monster hunts uh is like oh, okay yeah this this is worth it to me i know it's still a video game and at the end of the day it's it's just exposition over fetch quest or, or go kill that thing mm-hmm. but like the witcher series actually it, most rpgs after a while i skip most of the dialogue there i said it i admitted to it because that shit just bores what? you after a while i don't do that in the witcher series i want to know what happened when i killed that weird banshee slug monster creature thing plus you get to see yennefer's boobs brother <laughs> where's my big johnson shirt nice <laughs> yeah you like gwent but in the first game you were collecting a different kind of card weren't you 69 <laughs> i see you went yennefer i was more of a Triss guy myself actually you know what i wanted two witcher babes at the same yeah. time <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's the wild. That was a callback to last week's episode where Dan made one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard on a VGA. (laughs) That was a great episode. (laughs) Did the Diedrich Bader Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Guess don't even remember. Chris is is like, I don't remember that at all. I blacked out. I I don't remember that episode. (laughs) I kind of did. 
yeah. For back to sixty nine, that means we've come full circle, just like a sixty nine. I just want to say, like, I've played uh, the least of the Witcher of any of you, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I missed it every time it came out, or I, I covered a lot of two, and then I missed three. I'm just like, I got too much stuff to do, and I tried playing it between games, and like, it's utter vastness is over over fucking whelming because it's just like mm-hmm. I always heard the side quest and like but what are the side quests this all feels pretty important <laughs> says feels... the guy whose favorite game of all time is Elden Ring I know yeah. I know <laughs> but they're, they're, you know what like like Matt hinted upon no dialogue in Elden Ring right and, of and there's yeah. a constant yeah. stopping and talking and like am I learning about this for a reason it, it, it really was overwhelming and I think if I had picked it up at launch and was playing it with a bunch of my friends and talking back and forth I would have gotten a lot more out of it but I think it's one of the coolest gaming achievements I've ever seen uh, the, the game of the year edition of Witcher 3 uh, I, I can would see tell that you to go just play hours. through the bloody Baron quest but mm-hmm. people at the time talked about it like it was a side quest that shit as a side quest takes forever to complete and so it's like yeah i'm basically sending you off for another 10 to 15 hours with that game yeah. so maybe maybe don't it's do also that. not a side quest it blocks your progress yeah that's true yeah that's true. true and it has a really dark like oh, yeah. undertone to it it's it's great i love it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it perfectly encapsulates that is the witcher right like it's like yes it's it's high fantasy over some really dark dismal stuff you oh, know? yeah yeah totally but I, I, I'm, I've never, I haven't witnessed a phenomenon like that because, like, it wasn't there when the game first came out. But like three, four years later, Witcher is in like the greatest game of all time conversation where it wasn't immediately at launch. Hmm. But it's it's pretty big, and this might be a reference only for Michael. Uh, although I don't know, we'll see. Um, to me, Geralt always felt like the video game version of drists which we never got like a really mm. good drist game uh, <laughs> like, yeah the the you're talking the D D guy the D yeah, yeah 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 no i i i agree i mean that's i i love the the voice actor too that that does the girl in uh the witcher series especially yeah. in three like it's 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 great and i it was it's kind of weird going from him to the the tv show even though henry cavill does a great job I don't know. It's just something about the the way the guy sounds. It's just yeah. just cool. D- Doug Cockle's voice is very distinctive, and he yes. actually was in a different game called Dark, which is like a vampire stealth action yeah. game, mm-hmm. which is not mm-hmm. very good. But like hearing his voice <laughs> was so jarring coming out of a, of a different face. It's like, but that's Geralt's voice. This is a character I recognize as a friend. <laughs> Doug Cockle <laughs> cannot do this voice for other characters. Come on. It's like it's if, if David Hayter was just doing solid snakes all over the place. Or, yeah, whoever the fuck did, uh... <laughs> oh, my God, I lost the Red Dead guy's name. Uh, losing oh, my the mind. main guy? Yeah. It's me, uh, John Marston. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Or it, it could have been the other guy. The could, whole time. Mm-hmm. Could have been the new future guy. future now. My name's John Martian. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. What? Sorry. <laughs> so John Martian? John Martian. God Got damn to settle. <laughs> Red Dead 3 on Mars. Rockstar, you're, if you're listening, perfect April Fool's joke for next year. Right here. Do it. Make it happen. Come on. John Give Martian. us John Martian and Arthur Morgana. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I'll take it. All I'll right. take it. I, 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 am, I am a little confused. 
because the Witcher series came out pretty hot and heavy after like the the, the two updates yeah, and stuff, and, and three wasn't too far behind, and now it's been almost ten years since the Witcher. Yeah, came out. <laughs> yes. It, it, well, every game just got bigger and bigger and bigger, yeah. and and they CD Projekt Red keeps doing this to themselves. Is oh, they're like. It. It, yeah, it's taking longer between games now, but when they do release a game, say what you will about Cyberpunk and that release, but like that game was like one of the highest grossing games that year. Like they, they basically make their money every five to six years now. It's wild. Yeah, yeah I just, I well, like, um, I think the, the Witcher was one of the most talked about Netflix shows I'd seen in a while from people mm-hmm. I just wouldn't have assumed knew anything about the game. I just hope CD Project Red doesn't leave it dormant for too long because like I think the most notable thing they did is what I've heard is a miraculous switch port even though it is the worst version of the game <laughs> by far <laughs> to get it is still miraculous that they well, get it to run it's, on it it's thing. miraculous because what it, what it lets you do is now that now that Steam Deck is out it's obsolete yeah. if you have one of those but it uh. let you continue your save from the PC version on a handheld and and yes, it looks like absolute garbage if you put it up next to any of the other versions. But it's really impressive that they made it work. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that is our top five games based on books. Kind of all over the place, but this was a fun one. So we're going to take a little break on that note. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Captain O.G. Readmore here. An ordinary sidewalk on an ordinary day. But did you ever stop to think that you could get away? Take a journey on a rocket. Take a voyage on a ship. Just read a book and off you go, because reading is a trip. Explore a tropic jungle. Discover distant planets. (laughs) Or reach the glacier's tip. Just read a book and off you go, because reading, (laughs) yes, is a trip. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. You know we're just out of a screening of Spider-Man No Way Home, and I'm here with the most knowledgeable man I know in the field of all things Spider-Man, Chris Baker. How you doing, buddy? Uh, you're too kind. Thank you, Chris. I couldn't get tickets at all for the Thursday screening. As if the Spider-Man tickets sold out real fast, crashed AMC's website. And I asked around, does anybody want to see Spider-Man at 1 p.m. on Friday? <laughs> because it's like, I'm not dodging spoilers again. I'm just not. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go with you again right. on Saturday, whenever you can do it, but I'm going to experience this fresh super important to me and i'm i like that the hype for this movie was like through the roof but when i saw endgame i think i was talking to you about it like i didn't the trailer only showed like the first 40 minutes of the movie i had no no idea what Endgame was even going to be about time travel and all that was like completely left out of the i i i I read your movie sites and all that stuff but i'm really good at avoiding spoilers but like dude the spider-man stuff just crept over into everything and when I finally walked out of the movie, I'm like, yeah, other than the post credit scene, like, that, all of that, all of that was spoiled for me, like, naturally on Facebook. Man, they broke through. I got hit by every spoiler. It was still, it, you need to see it, even if it's been spoiled, certain details have been spoiled for you. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. 
And welcome back to our final segment where we're not going to waste any time making silly jokes that belabor the point and waste time before I hit this button. Dune Spice Wars was actually the game that convinced me to... What? It was the basis for this. Yeah, it was. It was top five. That, you know, let's, let's do games based on novels because... Okay, this is based very much on the Denis Villeneuve film, but that's also based on the novel. And yeah, I, w- I was shocked you didn't include this because this well meets the definition or the older Dune games. Yeah, well, um, even the older Dune games are so very obviously based on the David Lynch movie. Yeah, <laughs> oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, really, like the character designs, like, especially like. I, I know that Dune 1 and Dune 2 aren't actually connected, which is strange, the games, but Dune 1, like, this is, that is clearly, um, what's his uh, name? Kyle McLaughlin? Yes, that is clearly Kyle McLaughlin. The Patrick uh, Stewart covered in polygons. Yeah. Holding a pug? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just like a 2D painting of him, you know, in, in 90s PC graphics, but uh, yeah, Dune 2 was... It was sort of like a mishmash. It was like the the look of everything was based on the movies, and then there are elements from the books that came in, and it was like I think the first real RTS game. It was the mm-hmm. the beginning of the genre. Um, Dune Spice Wars is a four X game, so it's also real time strategy. E uh, the yes. the the goal here. I played a little bit of it, still in early access, um, and it is. Uh, like just playing as the Atreides and starting out on Arakeen, like, oh, let's build some ornithopters and recon the area. Oh, this this neighboring area has a spice field. You'll need to take over this village in order to, to mine it. And then, you know, you can send out the, the spice crawler and you can either, like, oh, you'll have to retract it when, when the sandworms are close. Do you want to just do that automatically so you can focus on other stuff? Yeah, 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 I'll do that. The spice crawler sounds like Guy Fieri's car. <laughs> 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 the, the harvesting con. <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm it gonna take be a that car, one. Though. It would be a truck that's, with giant tires. That's the tires, flavor let's be sled. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The flavor sled. As long as it has bull horns on the fender, I'm, I'm sure it's him. Please, it's it's a sponsor deal. It's the flavor Ford sled. Mm. Right. Got yes. fucking Oakleys on the back of his taillights. Mm-hmm. Guy Fieri, aka the lead singer of Smash Mouth. You mean? Yeah. The very same. I want Oakley wrapped taillights now, just like the Oakley shaped I, I, I did see this as a meme today on the social. Meads, but like, uh, look up any old publicity photo of NSYNC and try and tell yourself they're not Guy Fieri's children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it all, it's so wonderful. There, there was that Guy Fieri Smash Mouth connection where, like, somebody on Something Awful just like wrote this thing saying, Smash Mouth, please eat all the eggs. And <laughs> it's just like this plea to like, uh, sma- and, and just call him the lead singer Smash Mouth. And it's like, you have to eat all the eggs. <laughs> and so they, it got enough uh, momentum behind it that they actually did a charity event where like he ate a bunch of hard, like deviled eggs, I think, that were prepared by Guy Fieri. <laughs> okay. Before or after he started giving Nazi salutes and was kicked out of the band. Yes. Oh, I shit. hate to be the bearer of bad news that oh. Smash Mouth is deformed and has a new lead singer oh, wait man. steve harwell is no longer the lead singer that's what i Smash dude Man? he started giving nazi salutes on stage like oh, last fuck. year oh uh, so i don't know how you replace a guy who goes whoa <laughs> yeah 
Well, <laughs> uh, he must Somebody have started hanging out with Aaron Lewis. <laughs> oh, so wait, wait, Spice Wars. Yeah, this the, is your Spice, you're Spice this- Wars is like uh, it, it's the kind of game I don't really have so much patience for these days. Right, but it is it, it, it feels very complex in that. Uh, you know, you can you can pick from you want to be House Atreides, you want to be House Harkonnen, you want to be some random smugglers, you want to be the Fremen. Oh, here's the thing: the Fremen and the smugglers have limited access to the Landsrad, which uh, convenes every few weeks and gives you resolutions that you have to vote on, and you have to assign. You have a hundred votes, and you can assign them to different resolutions, which are basically just like perks and debuffs. It's like, oh, if everybody votes on this, then the Harkonnens have like a fifty percent penalty to this trade. And it's like, I have no idea what's going on, but yes, I'll throw all my support behind that. And uh, yeah, it's 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 neat. If you're a fan of 4X games and you're a fan of Dune, it's probably worth checking out. I, I saw uh, a video of it actually earlier today, and it kind of had a bit of a civilization board gamey feel mm, to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the guy that was reviewing it mentioned that it wasn't as complicated as people may think um but it does i i thought it looked pretty decent it does i mean if, if you like board games hmm. well i mean like again it's it's like an rts the things are happening in yeah. real time you'll see like enemy ornithopters coming in to scout your territory and yeah that's not cool guys if you get the good ending uh dave batista will recite alec baldwin's monologue from glenn <laughs> gary glenn ross <laughs> We finally get to hear him talk. Uh, did you did you say like to clarify? Is this is based on the movie or yes. like in the movie's universe? It, it, well, it's based on the movie. The designs seem to be taken from the movie. Like you know, it's not still in Skarsgård's face, but Baron Harkonnen is clearly meant to look like you him. Got in mosquito in... helicopters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as a as a I as a huge. I mean, I love those. Bu- the book series is really good. Now mm-hmm. I've only read the first four books up to God Emperor of Dune, but Loser. the movie. The movie nailed it. <laughs> yeah, like the the first part, part one, uh, Dune. I, I loved the movie. I, I thought I, it was fantastic. Chris, we got to go. We got to be back. Uh, we'll be back in ten minutes. You guys can talk about Dune. For <laughs> no, no. I was uh, saying. I said loser because you've only read four Dune books. Idiot. <laughs> I, my like, bad. <laughs> I was having you come with mm-hmm. me, Chris. We were the cool people uh-huh. in my joke uh-huh. scenario. No, These well, guys I know. I know. I can float back and forth yeah. because no, I read. I've, the I've first. gotten yeah. up to what Chapter House Dune? I think whatever the last one that Frank Herbert wrote. They is. call it Chapter House Dune. Yes. <laughs> Jesus it's Christ. a shoegaze novel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I think it's based, like, there's a plot element that's like an old Benny Gesserit chapter house or something. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Dune goes to oh. Penguin Publishing. Like, uh, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah, Random House Dune. <laughs> chapter House Dune. Are these guys on super secret probation? Do they wear a sweatshirt that says Dune across uh-huh. the front of yeah, it? Yeah. But no, I, I'd been waiting 20 years for the the Villeneuve movie. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that it doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. But, nice. Yeah. Me too. You know what else does not suck? Uh, hmm. The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe? Well, the Stanley Parable yeah. doesn't suck. I can't speak for the new one, although I I thought this was just like, oh, they're just doing a remaster. No, like this is, it's in yeah. typical Stanley Parable fashion. Mm-hmm. They're they're doing so much more than you would expect, you know. Uh, and I think it, it even, like it's basically spoofing these homage editions of games in itself while it's doing it's doing the Stanley Parable thing there's more content it's, and- I, I love Stanley Parable but I just can't see it as a game I'll play more than once uh, but I do love it and recommend mm-hmm. you play it if you never have but it is mostly yeah. an exercise 
in silliness, like good Douglas Adams. Yeah. Uh, when you when you said that, Matt, my mind immediately uh, went the Stan Lee parable, and now I'm just imagining <laughs> him narrating that instead of the existing narrator, no. and oh man, what a missed opportunity. No, the existing narrator is one of the best <laughs> game narrators we've ever had, yes, though. Yes, uh, it's, 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 I call him not Oh, you Stephen think you Fry. can outsmart the game, Stan Lee? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Excelsior! <laughs> when I wasn't working on Spider-Man. <laughs> By the way, I should I should include, we have a, a very special thirty twenty ten this week because Spider-Man mm. is twenty and Avengers is ten, mm. and we assembled our own Avengers. One person on this show right now is yes. on it, and another person mm. not on the show who hasn't been on thirty twenty in a while is on it. So. Mm. Let me pique your fancy. Mm. Spoiler alert, it's not me. It's not. It's definitely not, <laughs> not me. We could just say uh, who it is. You? Yeah, it's me and Brett. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't want to spoil it. Spoiling anything. the surprise. Um, but, yeah, so the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, yeah, like you were saying, it's not just a remaster, which I would have assumed it was. It is mm-hmm. like a sequel's worth of content, of new content, apparently. To the point that if you get to a certain point in it where it's like outlining possible features for a sequel, it's just like, oh, let's just do that. And then it the, the title <laughs> screen great. changes to the Stanley Parable 2. I love it. I can't I think it. of, like, I'm not a good high video gamer. I don't like to play video games high. You'd be a lot cooler if you did. But this game <laughs> would be amazing to play high right now. Mm. It, it, like, I disagree. <laughs> this why? game would be so confusing. It would be hard to follow. <laughs> I think it would be mind-blowing. Because it's not like based on like Twitch skills or like anything no, like yeah, that. It's it just, it, it just based on like, uncovering madness. It, what it is, is is it's a teardown of game design yes. told in comedy form. Like, yes. it, it really is. It's challenging you to do. Well, it defies all your expectations of games. And I, I love, I love it. I love this game. There's nothing prop, like it. There's nothing I'll like pick Stanley this up on sale. I just uh, Well, like, actually, if you own Stanley Parable, you can get the oh, upgrade shit, really? for, for cheap. It's like 16 bucks to upgrade or something. So. I never paid $16 for Stanley I know. Parable. I might have gotten the, the original for like $5. What the fuck? So. <laughs> <laughs> the game was never $16. What the hell? Support creators, Chris. Uh, Chernobylite, I could have sworn, came out months ago for... But this is the, the current, the, the next-gen version. Got it. Or current-gen version. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you've been jonesing for a stalker-like game, again, set in, uh, in Ukraine around the exclusion zone, um, that's what this is. In, it's, it's a cool shooter survival game. Uh, Chernobylite refers to a, like a, a weird gem-like substance that was formed uh, after the uh, Chernobyl oh, I, thought, I thought it was just Chernobyl with ads. <laughs> chernobyl <laughs> It's a less filling Chernobyl. Anyway, uh, yeah. Norco... So, so yeah, um, yep. Chernobylite's pretty cool. Uh, I, Norco came out a few weeks ago on Game Pass for PC, and I've you know been hearing rumblings about it. Uh, you know, I know it's like, uh, it's kind of little bit grimy set in or around new orleans it looks kind of neat and i finally gave it a try and played through the entire thing in one shot wow. it's really good how, how long was that session though i was wondering um maybe six or seven hours okay so it's okay that's yeah. good yeah it's, all it's right relatively short man. like an adventure 
kind of kind of visual novel style game where you know you're going around between various mostly static first person environments and it kind of has a Kentucky Route 0 feel to it like yeah. you know when you Ooh. know it's it's talking about like Oh, and then you were in this place and you did, and it gives you like a prompt of like, you know, fill in your backstory. How did you feel about this? And then it, you know, sort of remembers those things throughout the game. And it's real weird. It takes place in like some sort of uh, dark near future New Orleans where there are robots and uh, like you're underwater. You, you, you go after, you know, traveling across the U S and getting involved in all these like pointless desert wars in, in the Southwest and return to new Orleans because your mother is dying of cancer and you get there too late and she, she dies alone, but you're kind of, you're, you, you get there and your brother's disappeared. And like you talk to his friend like, Oh yeah, he's uh, he's at this local bar. Go, go find him. And you go to the bar. It's like, he hasn't been here in weeks. He stole the cash register. What are you talking about? And, and you, you go on this quest to find him and it takes you through like these flashbacks of your mother and, uh, investigating this cult of teenagers who call themselves Garrett. They're all named Garrett. They hang yeah. out at the mall. They have terrible seventies bull cuts and they all dress like best buy clerks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Garrett from the Geek Squad, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. They, yeah, they look like John Barenthal from King Richard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> actually. So that's I, I've heard this game has a real fun, absurdist sense of humor to it. it like does, ridiculous yeah. situations like that mm -hmm. are abound. And basically. and and there's stuff about you know like the um, another conspiracy, uh, the mm. the descendants of Christ that that whole Da Vinci Code idea, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know that, like, oh, they might be residing in New Orleans, and this might be the cause of uh, a strange ball of light that your mother saw in the swamp. And uh, yeah, and I, I learned things about uh, the ecology of New Orleans, like what ghost bayous are, and or at least in in the lore of the game, I haven't bothered to research if this is a real thing or not. I imagine, <laughs> but it, it describes them as like, oh yeah, they're they're bayous where like there used to be trees here. But between uh, the government accidentally letting in a bunch of salt water when they built the interstate and uh, years of logging, all of the trees are gone. The ground has eroded. And so there's like large swaths of bayou where you cannot tell if it's open water or if like there's ground right under the water. So like you have to be very careful when boating through here or you run aground. It feels like those games are always like super sad though like when are they gonna make a gone home that's like super happy you know like or, I mean, or like a finished Kentucky gone home mm. well yeah it's true yeah i guess I'm, I'm thinking of that of of something like a telltale where it's yeah just they, like they, you spend two downer. hours thinking your father killed yourself killed himself <laughs> along with your sister mm -hmm. right it does have a happy ending spoiler yeah. for a game you don't care enough to have played care about mm. enough to have played ever <laughs> Uh, which which you can play in, I think, under 30 seconds if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, True. Yeah. Um, but you know, this, this isn't, like, I, I wouldn't really call this uh, depressing. And I think the sci-fi milieu kind of goes a long way toward, you know, mm. like, it's it's just, it's, it's just, you know, real enough to be believable. But there's enough weirdness going on that you can sort of dissociate from it. It doesn't hit that hard. And there's a lot of silliness, just outright, like, what the fuck is happening? You don't see a lot of sci-fi in the American South. And that's so true. I'm, I'm interested just to, just to see what that looks like. Southern Gothic, baby. 
Yeah. Southern Gothic as fuck. And it's it's also funny because your character doesn't really have a face. Like your your character portrait is just like this shadowy figure's face with like a big neon frowny face drawn over it. And hmm. then people will remark on this later in the game. It's like you don't even have a face. What are you talking about? Go away. <laughs> like someone's kid on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or certain profiles on Twitter <laughs> that just have the default avatar. You don't even have a face. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bug Snacks is now on Bug things snacks. that aren't uh, PS5. Yeah. So yeah. that's Windows, cool. Switch, uh, Xbox via Game Pass. So pick nice. it up there. And also that, remember, coincides with it. the Big Snacks expansion with yes. the giant Bug Snacks. Bug Snacks, that's right next to the Dunkaroos, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bug Snacks, which is an adorable Pokemon style looking game uh, with, with Muppet characters that is actually hiding a deep, dark body horror game, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, really surprisingly good. So I recommend that one. Uh, yeah, if you got a PS5 at launch, you should have gotten it for free with PS Plus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so that's why, like, I'm not moved very much by this announcement. But, yeah, like, but it was fun, you can, man. You can get it for quote-unquote free with Game Pass. So Hey, look at that. Suck at PS Plus. Very, very charming, fun game. Yeah. But how am I going to get the satisfaction of the clicking the right analog stick in as the camera? God, it had a good... Uh, uh, it felt great to oh, use yeah, that oh, camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really good use PS5 of that controller. controller. Yeah. True. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's the only game to realistically uh, send me the, the sensation of walking through snow into my thumbs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is really good rumble, you guys. You should do more with this. Which is, uh, you know, obviously was also predicted in a snow crash. Well, I was just about to say, if only that existed when Lost Planet 3 came out. Oh, it would have been a different story Or Lost one. Planet 1. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Ah, man. Um, Rogue Legacy 2. I didn't even know this was out on uh, Early Access. It, it's been in Early Access since last August. And so, yeah, now it's the official release is, is this week. So Damn. I want to play the shit out of this. I, yes. I've never played a Rogue Legacy game, but I I'm, I'm, wasn't as big a fan of roguelikes before now. And mm. I would love to play this. Well, you you played a couple really good ones. Yeah. Hades being yeah. one of those, and and uh, Dead oh, Cells. God. Dead Cells so. and Hades has got to be one of the best, if not the best, of that style too. The art, mm. the music. Mm. I love. Is that Super Giant? Did that? Uh, or did Hades? Uh, so. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. but I, I think the the problem with like a Hades uh, or even a Dead Cells is it. It might spoil you to roguelikes because, like, Rogue Legacy is good. Like, the original Rogue Legacy was very good, but it's like, it's very more traditional of a roguelite. Uh, like, I'm saying, I'm interchanging like and light, probably just because yeah. I know it'll piss people off. I know, I know, it technically will. those are different, but I don't know them well yeah. enough to know why. Pretty so. much anything that is not, I think, yeah, you you start from zero every time you die. No, yeah. no carryover. That's a roguelike. Uh, mm-hmm. Rogue lights are, you know, you, you get to carry stuff over, or maybe parts of the world remain the same, or stuff like that. That's uh, why it's Wiki Pares mm-hmm. every time. Oh, I've, I, I read about this a while ago. I've forgotten most of it. But um, so, Rogue Legacy, I, I'm not sure how two compares to one. I know that two, the first one was like a really cool uh, Metroidvania, well, actually, Castlevania Symphony of the Night style game. Where the twist was that, like, every time you die, you take over as one of your randomly generated descendants. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, like you get to pick from a few of them, and each of them have like just a bunch of weird idiosyncrasies that translate into both you know the way they look and the way that they play. I think that carries Instant over here. Legacy. Mm-hmm. That carries over here, but like I always had looking at the art style, I'm like this is the kind of game I want, but it looks like a Newgrounds game, and this <laughs> one sort of does too, <laughs> yeah. but it moves faster and better and. It looks way more wild than um, uh, the the previous Rogue Legacy. Is it as wild as Nintendo Switch Sports is going to be, though? Oh, man. I'm I'm not super excited for that, honestly. I know it doesn't... I don't know. I don't know what people think of it, but... I, I'm, I'm ex- excited. I'm excited for it. it's it's a forty dollar release, which is I'm like yeah. kind of shocked. I'm like you, you probably could have gotten a full sixty out of people for that one, but sure, I'll pay forty if you want. I think uh, that probably means it's destined for pack in status. Well, that I think they maybe that's why they had to do forty. It's, mm-hmm. it's sort of the the flip side of what you're saying, Chris. Is like because the previous one was a pack in, it'd be mm-hmm. hard to charge full price for this one. So mm-hmm. like, all right, four. <laughs> they tried on the Wii, but um... yeah. But 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 like I, I do yeah I do think this could be whatever we were angry about with Wii Sports I am now semi nostalgic for I love bowling and baseball and golf in those games I'm not gonna fucking lie and yeah. this will right now I think the only official pack in game is Mario Kart for Switch mm-hmm. and this is the kind of game if it is successful if it grabs hold of the zeitgeist this would move units uh whereas yeah, no, i don't think sure. odyssey or breath of the wild would so i know this won't happen just because i know this is nintendo but like i would so love just one of the sports just do a patch on here to support the ring from ring fit adventure or have a new sport like yeah it uses the lake strap yeah. from, mm. from from that, but not the ring. And I'm like, there's been literally no other game has used that peripheral. And this seems like it would be perfect if, for, I don't know, bouncing stuff. It could, could work for bowling, maybe. You just, like, hold it in one hand and sort of throw it. I don't know. No. <laughs> You're right. It'd be terrible. Uh, any, any, it could work for, like, uh, anything where you're catching a ball with a net, you know, like like, like, like lacrosse what? or something Or if like I want to put it on my coffee table and do a pama horse routine. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. yeah. Or if I want to do a dance, like, blowing bubbles out of a gigantic Yeah, there you ring. go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you, know, you know what my, my ring is used for primarily now? My cat mm. fucking loves it. Like, anything that'll keep really? her in a perfect circle, she will lie within... Hmm. And she loves to lie within the middle. I leave it on. It's on my couch 24-7. Lie Within was my favorite Perfect Circle album, actually. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Maynard, man. It's like, like, what do you even listen to anything else for? It, like, dude. It's it's the third movement that really gets you. Yeah, the dude, first yeah, two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, when the song, you get what I'm saying. When the song doesn't it. stop, that's when yeah. it gets really good. That's, the yeah, eighth or ninth yeah. minute. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Switch Sports, yeah, uh, we haven't played it yet because it comes out the 29th, mm-hmm. uh, but we should all be playing that. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it, I don't, I, I, I just love a good game that you can get like a group of, like if you have like, I don't know, a couple couples even over, you can just throw it on because it's more of like the sports games, especially with Nintendo, it's just more of a communal, like yeah. I could even get my dad to actually play a fucking video game oh, yeah. for once, which is super rare i'll posit a, a, an alternative theory to that 
I think a lot of us were probably in our 20s, maybe teens, when Wii Sports came out. We played that with friends, and we all, hey, mm-hmm. come over, we're going to have a party and play Wii Sports. Uh, now, I think a lot of people are going to be playing Switch Sports with their kids. Yep. Because mm-hmm. now they're that age. Like, or, I know. In my case, uh, you were playing <laughs> Mario Party three years ago with the two kids of the woman you're dating. So you buy two extra Joy-Cons. Right. By the way, it's still way too difficult to set up Nintendo. Holy shit. Like, that so, is, is so, not easy to set up four Joy-Cons. And so Chris will be playing badminton with his Tinder date. Well, <laughs> a Tinder date, uh, yes, and their wards. And, 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 <laughs> wards. And, but but, uh, but it, it's weird because, like, I haven't thought about the Joy-Con capabilities until this and uh, the House of the Dead remake. Because the House yeah, of the Dead it's remake, technically better than a Wii remote, right? right? Like, and, like the House of the Dead remake is it, like but... it's a Wii remote. Remember, and like no, no game is <laughs> yeah. other than one two Switch has ever done used it like this. Right. And it, well, I and, totally and the forgot. Mario Party has some gimmick games that like, but yeah, you you don't use it that way enough to remember. Oh yeah, this is like a really. Uh, High definition Wiimote, you yeah. know, because the sensors inside can do some amazing stuff. So yeah, so like, a, yeah, I guess I am a little more curious than I thought about Switch Sports. Yeah. Damn, yeah, damn, uh, yeah. Switch Sports, forty bucks. Come on, you just give it a shot. And there's and there's like a free DLC. I think golf is coming up as DLC after after launch. So there you that go. golf sport. game on Nintendo uh, Wii Sports was the best golf game ever on the Wii, and I. I was an intern at the beginning, and I had to review every one, every one of them. Two Tiger Woods. Like, why is this not as good as the pack-in game? Why can you not do what Nintendo did with the pack-in game? I told you, though, I had a soft spot for that Tiger Woods. The one that used the advanced Wiimote. What was mm-hmm. that called? That Wii Wii Motion the, Plus. Yes. Wii Thank Motion you. Plus. But that's not why I liked that Tiger Woods game. It's because it had a multiplayer mode where as your friend was trying to shoot, if you shook the controller, it shot noise out of his Wiimote to basically heckle Sweet. him. And so there were many <laughs> late night drunk sessions with my friends where we would just like be shaking our Wiimotes at each other to have the crowd boo as you trying to light up a shot. <laughs> it was Noonan, a great Noonan, Noonan, Noonan. Look, all I'm saying is your PS5 has a fucking speaker and true. yet no one's taking advantage of that yeah, shit. True. No nope. fuck. All right. Well, let's move along to news. You know, normally uh, when I would kick off this sub-segment, I would do so with a big song and dance Mm -hmm. and fanfare. But because of the way this announcement happened, I have to I have to do it the way they did it. This is the VGA Hollywood segment. This is Miyamoto. Hmm. The Mario movie has been delayed. Why did that become such a meme? <laughs> this is Miyamoto. <laughs> the thing is, like, I I can see how that's like a direct translation from the Japanese. It probably originally said Miyamoto des. Mm-hmm. That's what's funny though is so this the, basically in a social post Nintendo of America on Twitter yeah. the exact tweet was this is Miyamoto after consulting with Chris San my partner at Illumination on the Super Mario Bros film we decided to move the global release to spring 2023 uh, April 28th in Japan and April 7th in North America why do we get it first that's awesome but why my deepest apologies but I promise it will be well worth the wait but I just love it's Okay, I've worked for companies where we agonize over social media announcements like Mm -hmm. this, over the wording, right? And so 
people at Nintendo of America, I guarantee you, were arguing with the people in Nintendo of Japan for like a week about the wording. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone lost, and this is what we got, and I fucking love it. I want them to sign <laughs> every tweet with a character now. This is Kirby. I'm mm-hmm. about to eat your house. Kirby out. All they had to do, know, like, all they had to do was like, if you really want to make it look like it's from Miyamoto, he works for your company. Film a short video where he says that, then put it <laughs> yes. in an image macro, uh, and say this is Miyamoto. Instead, like I, I've been there because we, you know, we all have access to the Laser Time social teams, and every once in a while we'll have to like, no, this is Michael's opinion, this is Chris's opinion. We'll sign our names, but we never start with this. this is overlord not only not only that but like uh uh i've never heard chris son before which reminded me when i used to babysit where like the kids called me mr chris well because you you add the son to their family name that's what i thought that's what I thought. I mean, I but... guess it could work for first names. I'm, I, I'm not as up on my Japanese as I used to be. So again, this was a tweet that I'm sure people at Nintendo of America argued about for a week, yep. and we got this. And I love it. I love the end result. It's Because like Chris said, they could have just done a video so of him. him, right? But it's like, I, can you just see... Like when Trump comes back to Twitter after Elon Musk's acquisition, we yeah. have to talk about that eventually. Like mm-hmm. his first tweet would be like, "This is Trump." This is Trump, uh, and the, the election was stolen. Will Smith was Trump very out. unfair to Chris Rock. I <laughs> say that <laughs> you're probably right. That's the kind of shit he would. Tweet and you just about, hear right? some some left some left leaning people like you know Trump. Trump's right. You know he mm-hmm. he he apologized to oh, the radical right Democrats people. want their. Gay children to be alive. We cannot allow this to stand. I, I think the other funny thing is like, so that movie, we knew the Mario movie was coming. I couldn't have told you when it was supposed to actually we come out. Like they never. almost didn't need this announcement. I, I think every Mario fan is like hoping for the best, but still dreading its fucking premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and what I think is a, if I still tweeted a funny thing to say, like, Man, this extra time will really make the movie better. <laughs> like, there's, there's almost no way. Look, look, what, what if, like, the first Mario reveal is like this is exactly as horrible as the original Sonic the Hedgehog was? Uh, they gotta movie. fix his teeth. Yeah. Oh, right. There's been no yeah. video of of the uh, uh, not Illuminati Illumination. 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 Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I know different Mario movie. Yeah, I know. I'm, I know Nintendo is like super protective of Mario now when handled by third parties the mm-hmm. the era of shitty mario is well behind us oh michael that is a what? great conspiracy theory hmm. because usually when release dates get shifted it's not because this movie isn't far and long enough that doesn't happen that happens in games not movies mm-hmm. right and damn if I'm not. I don't know what's going on with Universal's release slate. I know the Fast Ten director just bast, ba- backed out. Justin Lin just yeah bailed. He just bailed. But like, that would be a studio problem. Like the idea that like oh movie dropped out. I haven't really heard of that. If Nintendo has a problem with the movie, that's why there would be a Nintendo announced delay. I, I wondered when they announced this. Like Illuminations does great stuff, but their visual style sucks. Does, does not match the Mario signature visual style. Like, yes. are they going to let them play around with that look at all to adhere to their style? Or is Nintendo going to be like, 
do it like we do it in the games, yeah. but like mm-hmm. CG. No, Matt, you've worked now. in both businesses. What do you think about that? That sounds like, look, if you're going to delay the movie because you don't like the way this looks, you have to announce this on your social feeds to America. It comes across, honestly, this is a very Japanese game developer apologizing for a game delay. Because we, mm. we always kind of, we, we point that out. They will throw those guys out there on the stage yeah. of an E3 to announce a delay. Wow. It's like, no, you have to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. This is this is your job as the producer of this game. This is how this came across. It is, it's, it's so weird, but it's also more confusing because he says Chris-san, which I'm like, Wait, Chris Pratt? And it's like, no, it's, it's Chris from Illuminations. Oh, could be Antista. He's never on Twitter, so he wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> he hit me up in the wrong place. <laughs> Miyamoto's always hitting me up on Friendster, the fucking weirdo. <laughs> Chris-san. They could be just trying to build up like a Mario world, like a mega universe, kind of like with Marvel, where they're going to have like a Yoshi's Island movie and then like oh a, with like a, a, a walu waluoshi that's 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 <laughs> yeah. walu <laughs> maybe it's or, they, they pushed it to coincide with the opening of the lands at the theme park that right? could but be they, they would have just said that here right? that, like, that could be but that. like i think that's the the fun speculation that uh, yeah. there's no Why? other company i can imagine that would just be like ah let it go there's thousands there's millions of dollars of merchandise on the line like nintendo would say fuck you fix it in- Something's mm-hmm. off. Here's why I think something might be off with the visuals. Is is this movie I looked it up was supposed to be out this December? Mm-hmm. We would oh, have wow. seen a still by now, at least yeah. a still. If still. not a trailer that could have come in the summer, we would have seen a still. Yeah, and we haven't seen. I, it I, I'm I'm waiting now for an interviewer to ask Miyamoto, like, do you see this as an MCU style franchise? Like, we won't call it that. It's a dark universe style franchise. <laughs> Please look forward to it. <laughs> They're going to do a Joker, but it's going to be with Bowser mm-hmm. instead. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's like the Tom Cruise franchise that is probably still happening. Sure. Mm-hmm. Jack- That's okay, though. So Mario next year, I'm fine with, again, I didn't even, didn't even know when it was supposed I, to come I, I this year. I hope so I don't I live to wait. see it. Uh, well, I hope I do live to see the HBO Max Minecraft series starring Jason Momoa, what? of all people. <laughs> Where did that, that come so from? Weird. I'm not saying you have to have an authentic... Person, I as, thought that was a joke as Steve, but like, there's no one shaped less like a Minecraft character than Jason Momoa. <laughs> right? I, I had like a one-two realization. The first realization was like, first, first thinking was like, how the fuck are you going to turn Minecraft into a movie? And then realizing, oh, Minecraft Story Mode exists. Yes, it's sort yeah, of been right. done already. Well, Patton Oswalt does sort of look more like he's a Minecraft he does. character shape than Jason. He Momoa. does. He does. From a distance, he might look again. like an, a complete box. Yeah, but but like, then we're gonna find out it's just a cameo. Jason Momoa is just gonna come and make a joke about fucking fish. I mean, the weird part <laughs> is it's directed by Jared Hess from Napoleon Dynamite. What is the Napoleon Dynamite guy doing directing fucking Cal Drogo That's, in a movie? What? Oh, oh, wait, yes. Jared Hess. Yeah, uh, yes. I, I guess like if you really need someone to appeal to the young adults, uh, but be completely G-rated, that's the guy you would choose. Because Nacho Libre, I think, is super underrated. That movie's great. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah, I like that movie. But, Did uh, he also do Gentleman Broncos? Was that also him? No, I don't think so. Ah. But I, I like Gentleman Broncos. I, I do as well. Um, but And I like Jason Momoa. And I like Minecraft. And I have zero interest in this whatsoever. Same TBH. Does I don't I don't even see the correlation with that. Like Jason Momoa, is he playing Steve? Is it's probably I, I would. There's always a chance it's voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but like this is the 
thing I was yelling about when the Warcraft movie came out. Like, your experience in Warcraft, the Warcraft fans are the character and situations you make for yourself. The second you cast someone in that role, you've disappointed people. <laughs> you've disappointed people. This is not my guy. Well, here's right. here's the story of the movie apparently, which now it makes a bit more sense. It has a heavy heavy fantasy element. So the uh, no. the Ender Dragon, which is like an in game character in mm-hmm. Minecraft, he sets out on a path of destruction, prompting a young girl and her group of unlikely adventurers to set out to save the overworld. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I could see him being in that band of adventurers or whatever. So. I can see myself unsubscribing to HBO Max for the <laughs> month this is premiering. No, you can't. Yeah, well, well, I don't pay for it now, so I don't. <laughs> I don't know why it's stopped. See, and then, but then they go and they put like a Dune Part Two trailer at the beginning oh, of God, it, Dune. so mm-hmm. you have to subscribe yeah. in order to see. Meet that Joe Black whatever. all over again. <laughs> to me, it just feels it feels awfully late. Remember what I said about video games defining the streaming era. Everyone knows mm-hmm. where the superheroes and the cartoons live. But the video games are undefined. These there is going to be a war over uh, hot video game properties, and it's already started. With Netflix has snagged up uh, League of Legends, Witcher, Castlevania, and really made those. Well, I don't want to say household names, but like mm. that—that's what fascinates me. Because like, if you're like me, I'm already subscribed to all these services. Yeah. Have you? Have you? Speaking of Netflix, you mentioned League of Legends. Have any of you guys seen Arcane? My no. father asked me about it because he heard it was great. It's awesome. Really? And the art style is mm-hmm. incredible. Like, it's really well done. Like, I had no interest in playing League of Legends or Dota or whatever. Never but will. I watched but... it and loved it. Like, it's, And now, it now really... are you like a total League of Legends fan? Yes. Nice. I got it tattooed it on my back. Nice. <laughs> Sweet. It says never play not to be confused with the Miley Cyrus movie from 10 years ago we talked about on 302010. Oh, wow. Well, here's a movie from almost 10 years ago. Again, sort of a late thing in video games. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone's Operation Monarch is an expansion that's coming with Season 3 that will feature Godzilla fighting King Kong on the map throughout the matches. Godzilla fighting King Kong in Operation Monarch! (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing this is legendary King Kong Godzilla. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's based on they, they, the trailer they released straight up looks like that recent movie. So. Okay. Which I, by the way, loved. If I like I, the movie. Yeah, if I, if in a, with a podcast with more people, I could have argued that being one of my favorite movies of the year. That's the best movie that, it's better than the Godzilla movie. It's better than Skull Island. It's. Yeah. It, 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 okay, I, I watched it. That was one of those, like, oh, HBO Max is releasing all yes. these awesome movies, you know, because of COVID at the time, where I couldn't tell, like, am I really digging this because I'm seeing it for free? But, like, then again, seeing that not on the big screen does that movie a disservice. Yeah. I'm like, no, this is still fun because I'm watching it at home and it still feels like I cranked like a big it up, picture. but that, if you remember, like, HBO still doesn't have 4K standard. They only added 4K for those movies that skipped theaters during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hit hbo max temporarily but it looked so good and like the fights like dude i've watched king kong versus godzilla the original more times than i should admit to mm-hmm. this is everything i actually wanted from that movie i loved it and i love, uh, it. I, I love how they set it up too in, in the mm-hmm. in the previous movies and stuff they hinted at it and they delivered those that was, that was great and and, yeah. and i loved Warzone early on 
and it's yeah. D- it's DLC has almost I have here's a, I haven't played it, but I have mm-hmm. not deleted it. It's a hundred gigs on it's my a fucking big Xbox. Ass file. It's yeah, huge. Yeah. I've not deleted it because of how much fun I had with it, but I, you know, I don't think I'll jump back in again because that was one of the things I got in the beginning. Oh, I'm having a ton of fun. Two weeks later, like everyone's exploiting stuff and hurting me. <laughs> I haven't deleted it just because, like, if I ever decide to play this again, I'm going to have to download a hundred fucking gigabytes. Yeah. I feel like Chris or Michael, if this was this is your time to play it, like if you mm-hmm. want to see. Godzilla fighting King Kong I do. and try to play a battle royale while that's I, happening. I do sort of like this trend that uh, Fortnite seems to have kicked yes, off for. It's like yes. we're going to have these big limited time events that are not just events like in terms of like, oh, gameplay or new cosmetics. Like we are going to add something unprecedented in the middle of the game that is as much a spectacle as it is something to play around. Right. Yep. Which kind of reminds me of the, the fight that you have with was it Radon in the middle of Elden mm. Ring mm-hmm. where yeah. there's like yeah. shit going on everywhere and it's like the most epic shit and you're just summoning people like patches get in here motherfucker do this <laughs> do like, that no <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's gonna be like God of War sequences of like oh there's this giant thing happening which is basically a giant moving part of the level mm-hmm. while I'm fighting these smaller dudes around it like that, that's my even, guess. even that would be pretty unprecedented even for, then like yeah, my, my heart drops anytime I see any incarnation of Godzilla and King Kong I love those characters yeah. so much yeah. Yeah, so looking forward to that again. Part of season three. Uh, speaking of three, I got three pieces of PlayStation news this week. Cool. So uh, I'll start with one. It's very interesting. I don't know if this is confirmed, um, but it's being reported by game developer, which was formerly Gamasutra, uh, that PlayStation, as part of the premium tier of the new PlayStation Plus that's rolling out in June, um, they are going to require game developers to create two-hour game trials for any game that wholesales for more than $34. So that's basically, you know, any any full-price game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great benefit if you're a subscriber to that service. Uh, as someone who works at a game developer, I can just tell mm-hmm. you, like, wow, there's all kinds of implications to that to that policy. Yes. You know? Yes. It's, yeah. it's, uh, when the Xbox 360 came out, this seemed like it was almost standard. But we were living in that world of E3 Comic-Con demos where people were poli- like hyper-polishing a game a year that could be a year out and giving you a vertical slice of it. This era we live in now is not the same. Like That's a little weird to require of people. You, you, well, you, it's funny you mentioned 360. That mm-hmm. was, remember, one of the Xbox Live Arcade requirements. Every game on arcade yeah. had to have a compulsory... Demo, demo version hmm. what's what might be different about this one it says game trial which hmm. which can sort of mean different things they're also they are not requiring you put it out like day and date with your game it can come out up to three months later from your game and so like let's say you're pointless. just right hey I, I don't want to spoil too much of my game with this two-hour trial for the thing you know <laughs> you seen the um, playstation store how the fuck is that gonna surface at, well and then well i think it's just like you find the game in the store and probably says here try you know do the trial or whatever but then like you have to leave it up for a full year after that at that point you can take down i I just realized like no this is exactly because of dirtbags like me who will (laughs) take advantage of the two hour playtime limit to in order to try games and frequently return them it's great for consumers again that's you know 
I feel like that's a huge win though for a lot of people because that that could essentially get a lot more people to buy the game. Kind I mean, yeah. me personally, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I that, that's the gamble you take. Well, is, I mean, is, it, it'll give people like me something to try that will not tie up resources with these transactions going back and forth that are probably incurring a bunch of invisible fees. See? Mm. Regardless of what I just said about like having to create a demo, and that's mm. for a demo that it, for a game that's not out. A game that's not out. Remember in the the 360 PS3 era, like that happened a lot and you would download the entire game and mm. they would never do this on PC cuz it's too easy to hack. But they would give you a timed look at that game. And then if you hit buy, haha, what a satisfied customer. The whole game's already here. I yep. stopped doing that because, like, I don't want 60 gigs of alpha protocol on my fucking hard drive just to sure try. Sure, you do. Alpha protocol is great. <laughs> so, well, whatever. That, that's what's still unclear. That's one mm. of the things when they talk about game trial. They did say, you know, traditional game demos are still allowed. Uh, and so, you know, you could make a bespoke. Bespoke that, that, demo. That is why I stopped, I, this... I stopped downloading demos because of how much bandwidth it took and how much space it would take up mm. to try. But that's games. why this leads me to believe, like when they say game trial, mm -hmm. maybe it's a feature. And again, I have no knowledge of what this actually looks like on the back end. Maybe it's a feature that where the system itself is time locking you. Where like if developers don't have to do work for this, if it's just like yeah, we're gonna turn off their rights to the game after two hours, that's mm -hmm. sort of a different story. And they did you know? promote very early on. The rumor was you would be able to cloud play. You would instantly yeah. be able to jump into a demo on mm. PS5, specifically, I believe. Yeah. I think it's a great benefit to offer, especially your premium tier mm -hmm. customers. You know, it's still, uh, if I'm comparing with, you know, Xbox day and date first party releases, I still wish it had that, right? Yeah. But this is, <laughs> this is at least another thing that, that you could say, yeah, as a premium PlayStation Plus subscriber, you'll get this really cool benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, but I, I I just thought about it the other day. I don't know if anybody else had this anecdote, and I'm sure they did because I don't get on Twitter a lot. If I'm paying for PlayStation Plus Premium and mm -hmm. Game Pass, that's kind of my whole game budget. I get for a lot dude, of people. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Like that, that, that that's that's everything I spend on games. So like I don't have anything left to spend. So Nintendo should be quaking in their fucking uh, Karibo <laughs> shoes. <laughs> See, but what streaming service is going to scoop up Nintendo? Because that's where I feel like the kids are going to want to go to for like the shows. Like if you're if you're talking about game developers, as far as I'm concerned, I mean guys like me, I'll I I'm not a huge like I love cartoons, but like if Nintendo had like a a show about Mario, I could watch it with my girls, or even an adult show about like. Legend of Zelda, like a grown-up Link or whatever. Nintendo like, does I, have a show about Mario starring Captain Lou. Hello, <laughs> it's just sitting there for you to watch. And when Ryan says watch it with his girls, he means his cheerleader pillows. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> that's, that's, Me, my my lovely cheerleader waifu, and that's yeah. and that's why I brought. I keep bringing that up because I think the streaming wars are going to change everything. Uh, some big streaming company is going wars. to need to buy Nintendo or S Sega. Within the next few months. Meanwhile, I'm skeptical because these are still video game adaptations we're talking True. about, and the 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 quality has been getting a lot better They're recently. Great now the Netflix but stuff it's still, is great. Eh. You don't like the Castlevania series? Oh, I, I love the Castlevania series. I thought you love the Witcher series. 
I haven't really watched the Witcher the series. Sonic also based on the books. Decent. Oh yeah, hmm. Sonic movies are great. Yeah. Well, like uh, I said, it's getting better, Plus. but this has historically been really bad. This is like we we are at the the point of like where superhero movies were when Spider-Man won the Raimi one when, came when out. Spawn came out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like it's it's like Batman and a bunch of garbage. Um Michael, you're too guarded. I want you to put yourself out there. And Never. Are willing to embrace <laughs> happiness? Do you guys know offhand, uh, I just know this because I looked it up recently, but what the number one grossing video game movie is of all time Angry now? Birds time? 2. Angry Birds 1, I mm. think. No? Warcraft. Real? Is it really? Oh, Warcraft? China. Oh, Thank you, China. It did big, big uh, business yes, in China. Yes, yes yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we did a whole show about it in Laser Time based on review scores, and Angry Birds was the highest rated review score yes. of any video Jesus. game movie ever made. Yes. At the time, that wasn't saying a lot. Uh-huh. I, I, I remember being angry at, at Rovio over Ra- Angry Birds because their CEO at the time was just like, we're proving that video game consoles are obsolete. A cell phone yes. is all yeah. you need. I'm like, fuck was, you. It's like was, 2004. Yeah. A 99 no, cent game like works for us. It should work for everybody in the world on every platform. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you've been in this business for 18 months. Mm-hmm. What the fuck do you know? Shut your mouth. <laughs> your fucking Newgrounds game. It's been about 18 months PS5's <laughs> been out, but did not have variable refresh rate. Right. Now it does. I know you guys were waiting. That was all you were waiting for to buy your PS5. I mean, we talk go about out. They are available in abundance. Go get your PS5. Um, no. So if you have... If you have a TV that can take advantage of this stuff, so what 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 VRR basically does is it syncs the refresh rate of the display with the game's output, which can eliminate things like screen tearing and framing framey issues that can happen with some games. So um, yeah, that's a nice feature that they're implementing. I believe Xbox already had it, not to start a console war. <laughs> I believe PCs um, had it for oh, a decade. Oh. But the game, games have to be patched to support this. So they did release, you know, so Astro's Playroom, uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Destiny 2, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, uh, Dirt 5. Five Special Edition, sorry. <laughs> Godfall. <laughs> Godfall. Don't know if it's that Godfall Ultimate Edition, whatever. Uh, Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil Village, Tiny Teenies Wonderlands, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, told you that was in a news item, mm-hmm. and Tribes of Midgard are games that have uh, been patched to take advantage of the variable refresh rate. So, not where I uh, all you refresh rate nerds out there. Yeah, I do, I do want to apologize to all the Sony executives. I sent uh, death threats to and their family. Thank you for finally... <laughs> Giving me what Addressing I want. Addressing this this <laughs> very vital issue. Of- yes. Chris hates screen tearing. You oh. have to understand. He doesn't mean it. Oh, um, I cannot stand screen tearing. <laughs> Back in the day, I, I used to draw pictures and my dad would tear them up in front of me. It just reminds me of <laughs> right. that. Cannot stand it. Cannot stand it. <laughs> this doesn't even look like rain, bitch. His dad's also sub 30 <laughs> frames per second. You have to. Yes. My dad moves like a character in the Lego movie. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why. <laughs> I guess he's just getting old. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, so speaking of things getting old, look at this. You're just creating transitions for me. I love it. Uh, PlayStation has created a game preservation team. Rejoice, people mm. who are fans of game preservation. What that does not mean is like people who just keep copies of their game. 
What this actually is, like a, as a Frank Faldi would, would tell you uh, from the Video Game History Foundation, like actual game preservation requires you to keep the source code mm-hmm. and the assets for Ooh. these games to to maintain these things. That is the only way to truly like rebuild a game from scratch. Otherwise, if you're reverse engineering games from disk or digital download, you're, you're getting compiled code which is way different than the source code and so there's a reason some of your favorite games of all time have mm-hmm. never really been able to have a true re-release it might have been because the company lost the source code to or that some game, of your favorite games like shadow of the colossus have to be remade from scratch because like it's just too hard to yep. recomprise from all these various folders it may or may not have um yep. I, i'm shocked sony wouldn't have something like this in place already i mean we've all worked with publishers they're they've been more organized over the last 10 years than they had been previously i think i can speak for most game companies but it seems weird to because what are you gonna do bring out socom or mag like (laughs) maybe mag is like completely unplayable now that's socom 3 they've been offline for i think over a decade. All right. So don't, don't stop gloating, Ubisoft guy. That's, yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> but no, this, this seems legit because it's not, uh, you know, they talk about, uh, you know, preserving our IP uh, and franchises, right? But it, the reason it looks super legit to me is like the the way this was revealed, it was um, basically through a new employee's Twitter post. And the guy is has been hired as a senior build engineer. And so like that's the key to maintaining all this stuff mm-hmm. is you actually have to have someone who... <laughs> Knows what they're doing in terms of source code, right? It's, yeah. it's not just like archivists. You read about some of these recon- – I remember reading about the Ghostbusters remastered thing. Like they lost most of the textures in whatever file transfer they did. Like they had to mm-hmm. like create those mm-hmm. from scratch. Mm-hmm. Shit like that. Like uh, mm-hmm. it, it's difficult uh, and that's why you hire, hire professional people to deal with that shit. Just everyone – in the situation of game development, development is genuinely worried about day to day, not ten years from now. Mm. And and I, I don't know how to build that file structure, but it has to exist. And it's having, putting someone in charge of it, good deal. You you can look at it through a cynical lens, which I'll do right now. Um, so this generation, you know, is the first generation in a while that Sony is supporting backwards compatibility. And so you might look at this and say, okay, this is them setting themselves up for future generations to make sure that it. Is cheap. It's cost effective and easy to basically ensure those games work on their future systems. Like, and, and maybe that's why they didn't have the team before. But that's the thing. They it worried is about that. easy for all those games to work on new systems. But if they didn't sign certain rights to like Kawasaki or goddamn a <laughs> Japanese actor, like in perpetuity, that's what keeps games from coming out. Not like the idea that they don't have the files. I think mm-hmm. it's it, it's it's. I mean, a lot of that stuff just got thrown away back in the it's day. It's true. Like, this is, this is a recent idea, this yeah. idea of preservation. Yeah, th- th- this game was a failure in two months. Let's not think about it becoming a huge success 10 years from now, and we could re-release it and sell it for the same price. Hmm. People weren't thinking like that. Are there any games that have had that happen, though? Like, they come out, they're not successful, but then they're they come back much, much later on as, like... I don't know, like cult hits. I I, I I I put degraded over. I put Witcher three in that very mild category because I think that game was mega successful years after its release. But okay. it, had, I think it, had, it was mega successful when it came out. No, I think it was. But remember, like when it came out, people were like, 
it came out early in the year. I'm like, man, we're gonna have to keep arguing over this for game of the year, and everyone's gonna forget because they did. And uh, I think it was the game of the year editions on the new platforms that it made Witcher the must-play game on PS4 and Xbox One that I don't think it was on PS360. Am I misremembering that? I could be. Well, I don't. I I I think it was. It was. I think you're right, Chris. I do think initially when it came out, I didn't hear anything about it. Mm. It was literally one of those like game sales that I picked it up on, and then like a month or two later, I saw like Game of the Year edition, and then it was like it looked unglamorous. It looked like a brown and green RPG with a character you didn't recognize and then slowly but surely it, it, it found its its legs. But like Footing. even if you think of something like Fortnite, like Dave and I were streaming Fortnite day right. one for weeks. Nobody was in that game. It wasn't until the Battle Royale right. mode came out uh, that it really, really took off. Uh, it does happen. Well, nobody cared about the zombie defense stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, except for me. <laughs> but but hmm. But uh, it does it does happen, and but just again, I'm telling you, just creating the file structure to not lose those files, that shit is not defined. That that's something like mm-hmm. I think things like Unreal Engine are putting together. Uh, but but yeah, being able to keep the source code, it's a lot harder than you think. Especially like even I have deleted raw files from the podcast. Like shit. I, I wasn't done masturbating, and now I have to record with Michael and Matt. And um, like, so now something, now something in preservation history has got to go. Um, Damn it! My pregnant Shrek porn has disappeared. <laughs> I'll never find it again. Get in my belly! <laughs> Gross. Sorry. Pregnant. Shrek. I blame Ryan. Uh, M. Prec. <laughs> hey, I thought this was the 69 episode. It was. So, yeah, uh, game preservation, very important very thing. Important. Excited that a first party is, is officially getting behind it by building a team. But that's all the news that's fit to if play. If game preservation is important to them, that means they'll be able to get those games to you. That's the big problem. I, I, game preservationists have immaculately curated most things, but they're illegal to download. If yeah. Well, this is probably about like, yeah, let's uh, do this internally and take it out of the hands of all the pirates. Who yes, are trying and to put do it on, on PlayStation Plus Premium. Mm. Yep. And yep. these these things definitely need to be preserved, man, because, yeah. I mean, I, don't, I know they have the debate constantly. I see it in podcasts and, and, and online and in the Internet is our video games art. And it's like, to me, yes, these mm. things, no. we need these things to be around and to continue on so yeah yeah I'm, I'm a fan of the entire genre i don't like anything dying or falling away even bad multiplayer games i don't like the idea like i can't go back and rediscover this because like i've been able to do that with all media my entire life i can go read any book <laughs> yep. and i can watch any movie and i can enjoy any tv show i, I, I don't like one of my favorite mediums being inaccessible so every three years i need to pick up my n64 Play Goldeneye and remember how shitty the control scheme is. <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're gonna want a D pad on the right side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two two most important priorities: game preservation and seventies preservation. Um, and anyway, let's move on to our community segment, which is always a segment in our community. Last mm. week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's an overlooked or lesser version of a game, for example, a port made for older or less popular hardware that you think deserves 
more love than it gets. Uh, Ryan, do you have is is there one of those that's near and dear to your heart? Honestly, no. <laughs> I can't. I can't think because I mean, as far as like a major franchise having a game that I mean, not really. Maybe like a. T- like I remember, there was like a free to play like Tetris game mm-hmm. that I thought was pretty good, but like I I could I I I remember listening to this episode and like last week and thinking like mm-hmm. I can't think of anything because most of the time a, a major franchise if the game sucks it kind of does suck and mm. I got two answers to make up for Ryan's lack of an answer. You ready for this? <laughs> yes, so, so the first one is a game that I actually oh, never yeah, you got also to play here last week. That's right. Uh, it's a game I never got to play until much later, and I, I wish I had. So there are two versions of the Shadowrun game, 16-bit Shadowrun games, very different games from one another. The Super Nintendo version is the one I played, because mm-hmm. by that time I had sold my Genesis and all my games to buy a Super Nintendo, and so that's the game I would rent at Blockbuster or wherever and play. But the Genesis version, very different regarded sort of as a Genesis classic now and I, I played it and I, I get where that's coming from and so that is though I think the much lesser played Shadowrun game was on Genesis but it's very good and very different so don't you know don't pass that up but my personal one probably it's a game I played a ton growing up and I don't when people talk about this game they always say this is a great game classic game I never hear them mention this version I played the Atari 2600 version of Miss Pac-Man so more than any other version of Pac-Man I've ever played. Wow. It was the Atari 2600. The the version of the original Pac-Man for Atari 2600 is legendarily bad. Oh yes. Uh, Terrible. But no one no one ever brings up the Miss Pac-Man port which I thought at the time maybe it's cuz I'm a was a dumb kid and didn't know better was perfectly fine. It was a great mm. game of Pac-Man on Atari 2600. Uh, and I, I don't hear it brought up when people bring up the terrible original, so I think it was just fine for a Pac-Man version. But someone like Dan Amrick would know for sure. I, I sort of regretted not bringing up the Game Boy Advance version of TMNT, the uh, the Ninja Turtles tie-in yes. movie game. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the Game Boy Advance version was, like, completely different. It was, like, a 2D side-scrolling brawler, and it is... it Like, you play it, and it's like... Oh, this is where the Scott Pilgrim game got its start. You mm. can see there's a, like a lot of similar enemy designs. I think a lot of people who worked on that first game worked on Scott Pilgrim, and then they went on to form .mu, which is I think now working on a new Ninja Turtles game. So it has quite a pedigree, <laughs> and and I think helped release. I have no mouth that I must scream. I'm not kidding. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Damn. Yes. Okay. They, I think they published it somehow. And Matt, Matt, did Matt you... is full of shit, by the way. The Miss Pac-Man Atari 2600 looks like absolute garbage. It doesn't look Matt, great, but it played just fine. Okay, Matt, you mentioned Shadowrun. Did you play Shadowrun Returns on the, the Steam game that came I did. out? I did. I, I kickstarted that game. Uh, and then oh, the, nice. the various little mini-sequels they did. The Hong, Was it Hong Kong? And there was uh, the Dragon, mm-hmm. the German, one based in Germany. Those were both, both great games. Different, very different. Those were turn-based Games more XCOM. like XCOM style yeah. uh, games based in the Shadowrun universe. Um, yeah, the the original Super Nintendo game was sort of an action RPG with some cool detective elements, and then the Genesis version uh, was very different from that and had a lot more of the stuff in. Was it called the Matrix in the Shadowrun? Their version of the of the net, mm. the Matrix. Like it's yeah, it had a lot more of those. It's mini called games. Prodigy. 
yes. <laughs> At the time, that's what existed. So, yeah. Rest in peace. Jacking into America online. <laughs> uh, well, um, from our community members on VigiGameApocalypse.com, Kendall Hallman says, In about 2003, I, or possibly my parents, spent roughly $20 on Sega Smash Pack 2 for CD-ROM, complete with Y2K compliance sticker. This Genesis collection of six games included <laughs> Super Hang-On, Sonic 2, and Shining Force. There's no better way to play Sonic 2 than on a Gravis gamepad, <laughs> possibly with your little sister playing as Tails on mouse and keyboard. Oh, I strongly recommend anyone interested in these games set up a Windows 95 virtual desktop <laughs> find the CD-ROM on eBay. How else could you possibly play Genesis games in 2022? Travis Gamepad. Wow. That that was harsh memories. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all had one somehow. Yeah, it came with my mom's CompUSA credit card. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. E Hyundai says, uh, we've all played Super Meat Boy, and most people are aware that an early prototype uh, simply called Meat Boy was released to Newgrounds in two thousand eight. But I first discovered the work of uh, Edmund uh, McMullen. McMillan, uh, from a Newgrounds game he uploaded in 2009 called Spewer. It was a charming and gross 2D platformer, much like Meat Boy, but based on solving puzzles with vomit. What? Uh, because it's an Ed <laughs> McMillan game. Uh, you play as an adorable malformed fetus, obviously, who consumes different fruits and vomits goopy 2D liquid of corresponding color in order to get to the exit. Uh, when I first played Spewer, I immediately knew it was something special, mostly because it just looked and played better than any free Flash game I'd ever seen at that point. The liquid puke physics were oddly beautiful, and it was a lot of fun just jetpacking around with your own vibrant vomit. Also, the signature Ed McMill- McMillan style of portraying horrific and disgusting things as cartoony and cute uh, was so bizarre that it stuck with me for years and led to me loving uh, SMB, that's Super Meat Boy. And uh, Binding of Isaac when they came to Steam. Yeah. Mm. Also based on a book, as you pointed out, Ryan. Oh, that's, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible. The yes. Bible. Yeah, I was going to oh. say. <laughs> a I thought you were talking about Super Mario <laughs> A little, a little book. Uh, a future conspiracy bought. therapy episode. A little mm-hmm. book called The Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> beat your wife. Just don't beat her to death. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just do it through a hole in the sheet. Thank you. <laughs> Ryan, we only have one left, so I'm going to have to ask you to read this one from Shy Guy Fieri. All right. Uh, let's see. From Twitter at Shy Guy Fieri says, First, I want to give a shout out to my boy, the man, the myth, the legend, Sir Dan Amrick, for coming in last week with that big D energy and reading my answer like a <laughs> big boss. Dan. The big Dan energy. I got it. Yeah, him. exactly. Oh, he's Bam Ram Dick. He, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, please. Much continue. respect. Also, many thanks to the whole VGA crew for providing an awesome podcast and indulging me. Probably more than I deserve. Y'all are welcome in Flavortown anytime. Oh, Hell yeah. He has he has the authority. We got to get aboard the Ford Flavor Sled. Is that what we yeah. called it? The Ford <laughs> Flavor Sled, which is actually a Chevy Nova. I've decided. Uh, you can only get it at budget rental car. <laughs> Sweet flames painted on the front. It's so dope. Right, so dope. They're actually frosted tips. <laughs> anyway, I'm pretty lucid right now, so I have a real answer this week. Boo. I right. <laughs> 
Come on, man. I'm not sure what the fan consensus is, but I always preferred the Super Nintendo version of Joe and Mac. Also known as Caveman Ninja in arcades. Yes, because they have Caveman Ninja on Switch Online, not Joe and Mac 1. I know the arcade version looks better, has more levels, and is faster paced, but the SNES version is a better home console experience. The levels are longer, you get a world map with save points, and the game is more of a platformer, which I appreciate. I wish someone would make a Neo Retro sequel similar to Sonic Mania or Shovel Knight. Also, an FYI, they have already released more episodes of Primal, so yeah. go oh, watch nice. that shit. Andy it has zombie dinosaurs. Oh, I love Perfect. Primal. And then, like, my first favorite thing, as young as I can remember, was dinosaurs. So games with dinosaurs always ruled. And Yoshi, to me, was a dinosaur, by the way. So, and, but, well, yeah. All Mario yeah. World does include dinosaurs throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, but I love... So, New question of the week. Uh, what is a novel or book series you love that would make for a good game? Uh, when when you said this earlier, Ryan, like I was like immediately, uh, for whom the bell tolls. I've okay. ha- had it in my mind that's like I, you know, I've part of me has always wanted to see like a game set during the Spanish Civil War. I feel like that's something that's widely ignored. But uh, for whom the bell tolls is about you know the the, the main character is. Uh, a demolitions expert who gets sent to work with this group of partisans. He's like in the international brigades and uh, is trying to blow up a bridge. And I kind of thought like, what if, what if you took this and gave it like a Scarface style twist where like, Oh, the, the ending is subverted and he's rescued at the last second. And then I, uh, goes on this chaotic open world campaign and then at the end you find out like oh it's his death dream all along none of this ever happened or oh. something like that you know it, it wouldn't like sequelize the narrative don't don't just adapt it but um also don't kind of shit kind of it. like an inglorious bastards x yes kind of switch at the end mhm yeah i want i want a conclusion like a, a big climax where i'm uh, Flying a stolen bomber against Nazi Stukas or something. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I I would I, I don't know if you guys have ever read uh this guy before, but Neil Gaiman is of one of course. my favorite authors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he never wrote heard of this him. never heard of him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gay. Uh, what has he done? <laughs> Kidding. He wrote this uh amazing dark Alice in Wonderland book called Neverwhere. Mm-hmm. And I read it in high school, and I've always thought I would have loved to... I know they made a BBC TV series out of it, but as a game, I think it would be really fun to explore kind of like a London above and below ground Alice in Wonderland world with Door and all that stuff. Anyway, the book's great if you like to read. It's a really, really quick read. It's very dark, and it's just a fun thing, and I think it... it, I liked the the visuals he described in the book with kind of like the the hidden city underground and like I said above and uh I don't know I I just think it would work and it's it's not um I, I mean you could you could figure out I I would assume some sort of like third part uh what is it third person perspective kind of above kind of style with it I think I think it would work personally mm. okay 
Well, I'm glad you guys waited this long because I have prepared a 10-hour treatise on why the Twilight series uh, would have mm. made for excellent <laughs> mm-hmm. video games. If you don't want to hear that, I have 20 hours on the Brothers Karamazov a Telltale game that I, mm-hmm. I wrote mm-hmm. on spec. Didn't get picked up, oddly enough. But I'd, I could, I'd like to read it for you now if you don't mind. Uh, no, um, in reality – I I don't know. Like, I couldn't think of a good book. I mean, my cheat answer is like, I read a ton of Shadowrun novels, and so I always love those. And like, <laughs> make more Shadowrun games. Like, I'm I'm that much of a fucking nerd, I mm. guess. Um, I'd really like to yeah. see a game based on the Doom novelizations. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> right. thinking. I was thinking of a roguelike set in the Diary of Anne Frank. Or... <laughs> the attic is different every time. <laughs> I, well, I guess though, my real answer is like. We truly have never really had good video game adaptations of some of the biblical stories out there. Stuff like the story of Samson and Delilah, per se. Like, Mm. we had those, like, Bible adventures games Mm -hmm. back in the day, Mm. and we really haven't had many of those. We had Dante's Inferno about, you know, that loose adaptation of of Dante's Inferno. Yeah. They're they're fucking lucky it's impossible to libel the dead, because that game... (laughs) puts a, an actual historical massacre during the Crusades at the feet of a guy who wasn't even born for hundreds of years afterwards. Yeah, they, they, they turn an old yeah. book in, like, uh, the, the Streets of Fire, the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think there's there's plenty of material to mine from the Bible for video game stuff, and it, it just seems I'm like... I'm a Wisdom Tree fan. I've collected those cherries. Other than a few, like, yeah, Christian publishers or something, no one no one's willing to even explore those stories. You, you want a anyway. Darren Aronofsky's Noah game? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's like, let's just not talk about this. Uh, I may not have seen the movie. I don't know that a Noah game... I, you know, I'm, I'm not really into seafaring adventures, like, uh, you know... Um, you gotta build an ark. What is it? A four X game where you f- build an ark? No thanks. Hell yeah, <laughs> it's like Dune, but with no cities, and you're just you can, building a boat. You can only collect two of everything. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Matt Damon's. We gathering. built an ark. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like, I think the easy answer is like literally everything from Ray Bradbury's The Martian Chronicles, because like. Mm. That is an incoherent book based on a collection of magazine short stories back when people made a living publishing short stories and Collier's and fuck, I don't know, wherever else. But I, whenever I think of it, my favorite short story, can I tell you about my favorite short story? It's going to be short, I promise. Please. Uh, Please. Kurt Vonnegut's DP. DP standing for Displaced Persons. Uh, the, US, oh, the U.S. has sort of, sort of taken over or is... The war is over, but the U.S. is walking through Germany, and there's one German black kid who doesn't know where he came from uh, or why he's the only black guy in Germany, and everyone calls him Joe because in both Germany and America, Joe Lewis is the only black guy they know. And <laughs> and, he, okay. and he has nowhere to go and uh, doesn't know where he's from and doesn't know why people are calling him a different name and doesn't speak English. Uh, and it's always been one of my favorite short stories. I don't know how to make that in a game without getting racist, but that guy should be mad, right? Mm. Yeah. But, like, okay. plenty of Max Payne nonsense. <laughs> DP, just read it. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so what is a novel or book series that you love and would like to see turn into a game? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode 469. Nice. Nice. Uh, alternately... 
You can hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will collect the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Ryan, once again, where can people find you? Well, if you liked the soothing tones of my voice, you can check me out on Conspiracy Therapy. We drop uh, episodes on Mondays. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the things. Please check us out. We're friendly, I promise. What about your band? Like, uh, was it Blue Suede Jews? I I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (sighs) Yep, yep. My Billy Joel cover band. Nice. Uh, no, uh, my, I do have a, I do have a band, uh, Glassfield's the name of that. It's kind of a nineties math rock throwback kind of thing with my brother singing and also a post-rock inspired style band called Lights at Sea, which is on Spotify and all that stuff. Please check it out. You want people to follow you on Twitter or anything? Oh, sure. Yeah, you can follow me, too. I post stuff occasionally, and I follow these guys at Ryan Herrig on Twitter. On Elon Musk's Twitter? (laughs) It hasn't been finalized as of this recording, so it will be. It's against the law for them to turn it down, because America's weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and, uh, you can follow me, mostly on Laser Time Podcast, because I don't post shit. Uh, but uh, 302010 this week is kind of amazing uh, a smattering of weird shit uh, basically the death of the 80s in your face and Brett and Michael appear to talk about um, Avengers and Spider-Man and that may not even be it uh, there might be other surprises in there as well more surprises than a normal episode of 302010 and uh yeah, laser time uh, coming when it's coming, and uh, new episodes on Patreon coming very soon. I promise. Nice. And oh, we have a new Elden Ring episode. That's true. We got a we got an Elden uh, Ring spoiler spoiler cast. Patreon.com slash laser time, where you can hear the three of us talk for like almost two hours about uh, the game and just rambling around, sharing impressions because we all finished I, it. And I all mean, loved I, it. I know for Michael's taste, it's a tad unstructured. Because Michael mm. likes to collect sounds and mm. organize stuff, but like that's how the game felt to me. Yeah, it's like that's uh, how you play it. Yeah, like uh, my experience, like my experience and thrill level differs every three hours. Like, what the fuck? Holy shit! <laughs> this is kind of fun. Wow! I've never played a better game in my life. Mm-hmm. I-, I love Elden Ring. I love talking about it free form. Yeah, uh, jazz like. And and it's such a great approach to open world games. I feel like I'm a rat in a sack constantly probing for a weak point and then finding it and wriggling out into a much bigger sack. It's great. It is. I, I do have to ask, though, if I, I'm assuming they'll definitely make a sequel. Is there anything you would want to be in a sequel to that game? I don't know what I that, that yeah. is the most game I've ever had. Didn't we post that on the podcast on the spoiler cast and stuff we talked about? what the follow-up could look like or what we wanted, or maybe we did that on a VGA. Yeah, maybe I, like, it was just like all, all my know. criticisms are like, uh, eh, quest markers, checklists, and like mm-hmm. things Dark Souls games don't do. And mm. and that, that's it. Otherwise, like it was one of the most rewarding curiosity experiments. Just you no know, game has you carefully walking forward like this. Like It's just a Souls experience. It's beautiful. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just such a big, beautifully realized world. And like, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about the, what a staggering achievement it is to build something that complex. And then like thinking about those same people being like, okay, now do it again. Like, fuck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have to keep yeah. reminding myself it was Elden Ring was announced in 2019, which, you know, behind the scenes means like there was something built to prove that it could be a game mm-hmm. yeah. before that. So like that's three years from release date so like it'll be a minute uh but there's no dlc announced but there's didn't matt's it's been dlc for every other like from game i think not sekiro yeah yeah oh not sekiro yeah two and two and three both had really good dlc though so i I actually am hopeful elden ring's gonna get like a big expansion probably wouldn't if I had to venture a guess, that would be like a year from release, mm, right? It would be sort of yeah. like what Monster Hunter's big expansion did. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, but if not, maybe I'll finally dive back in a new game plus because I, yeah. I have been holding off until I hear if there's DLC. Oh, man, do it, man. Do it. I, I want to do it so I bad because nothing else is scratching the itch of mm-hmm. Elden Ring. It is. I, I want to say VGA listeners can corroborate this. I've never said this. This is might be my favorite game of all time, Elden Ring. Oh, I, I've said that. I've, I've gone on record. It's my favorite game of all time. I, I completely agree. I, and what's crazy for me, too, is it's been such a whirlwind where it's like literally the week before it came out, a friend of mine who's a From Software guy was like, Oh, did you know this game's coming out? And I'm like, I don't I didn't really like Dark Souls that much. You just die, right? And then literally two weeks later I'm like, No, what am I supposed to do? This game's amazing. I can't think of anything else, man. <laughs> and then like a month later he buys me one of those shirts that says you died on it and I'm nice. wearing it proudly walking Wonderful. around. Nice. nice. Why do we fall, Bruce? So we can get back up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a, such a great quote from the shark from Jaws. Yeah, you leave someone a message in Elden Ring with that quote, like mm-hmm. hack it somehow to say exactly that. Yeah, and yeah. uh, try finger yeah. butthole. No, I feel I'm trying to sound like Batman, but I sound more like mm-hmm. fucking Sly Stallone's yeah. King Shark. Friend, <laughs> <laughs> I get knocked down, but I get up again. Yeah. <laughs> Who's ever going to keep you down? Right? Who can say? Speaking right. of '90s songs, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. As always, you can visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com, follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, or follow me on Twitter at Wikiparas, that's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. I rarely post things, but followers make me feel important. Uh, anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. I've heard enough. Just like I've heard enough of this show. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of, of 69.